What's going on, everybody? Episode three on Couch Critiques. I am Chandler. We have Riker and Mason, as always. And I got to say, couch is really comfortable. Really enjoying it. Uh, hasn't steered me wrong yet. Very much so. I do like. The Why world. do I sit on the floor? That Peasant. is a personal preference. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else is on like seats there haven't been any pictures of you besides the ones you take which makes it look like you're on the couch nobody takes any pictures of me well well so anyway before we (laughs) before we get started into this episode which is um somebody suggested mafia movie and and i obliged with you picked goodfellas goodfellas great pick you two are very familiar with this movie. It was my first time watching it all the way completely through. Unbelievable. Have I, you never turned on your TV and just been like, oh, I got to stop and watch this movie because it's on? I don't think I've had cable well, I'm, in like, talk about in when like 10 up. years. So. This, movie is, uh, this movie is from 1990. So. Yes. It just missed the 80s mark for him. Yeah, that's true. If it, it came is, out in 89... Oh man, you're right. You've been all over. It would be Absolutely like my right. favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Absolutely right. That was my mistake. I apologize. But before we get into that, we have some sad news. That is true. We do. All we we might have killed somebody. Well, I don't think we no, have, like, we physically sh- did it. We shouldn't we could say. Have, we shouldn't say that. That's bad. But unfortunately, um, we just did Predator last week, which starred Carl Weathers. And he just passed away. He woke up dead. Yeah. Passed away peacefully in his sleep. Yeah. Well, that's what you said. I saw you. That's what you said earlier. That's the, definitely the best way to go. Yeah, it's definitely I the mean, best way to go. I mean, he just woke up in heaven. He was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm, I keep picturing the scene from Happy Gilmore whenever, <laughs> whenever Adam Sandler's looking up into the sky and he sees... <laughs> He sees Carl. He's got his hand back, and he's also like with Abe Lincoln and the crocodile that bit his hand off, or the alligator that bit his hand off. So funny story with that. My buddy John sent me a reel on Instagram message a little bit ago. He sent that scene to me before I knew what happened, and I just sent a laughing emoji in return he and i could and he didn't respond back at first and i'm like what what's wrong i did something wrong here so i refresh facebook and i see what happened so i instantly went back into the instagram message and changed it from a laughing emoji to a heart emoji because Whoops, because that's not. I, I get what he was trying to so say. So, you now. love the fact? Yeah, that he, I was about to say. No, sending the heart emoji no, looks like. No, we I we we understand. Yes, he was a badass and, and definitely great mustache. Definitely a good actor. Famous mustache. But no, I just wanted to uh, take a little time, real quick. Um, I found some uh, Twitter posts from some celebrities. Um, some people we've talked about for sure uh adam sandler tweeted a little bit ago a true great man great dad great actor great athlete so much fun to be around always smart as hell loyal as hell funny as hell loved his sons more than anything what a guy everybody loved him my wife and i had the best times with him jesse ventura we lost an icon Carl Weathers had phenomenal talent, a true professional, and a dear friend. 
and Arnold, of course. Uh, Carl Weathers will always be a legend, an extraordinary athlete, fantastic actor, and a great person. I thought you were going to say he, Arnold tweeted, you son of a bitch. No, I don't think. <laughs> Do it. That would have been awesome, but that he did have. not. And then he just, at the end of it, he goes, we couldn't have made Predator without him. We will certainly, we certainly had a wonderful time making it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then I also saved a post here on Facebook posted by back to the eighties. Of, of course it was. Yeah. Chandler found something from back <laughs> to the eighties. Weathers started in 1987's film predator. He was also very famous for his roles as Apollo Creed and Rocky. He died at age 76 and I didn't know this just because I've never really gotten into it, but I had no idea he was in the Mandalorian. I hate Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, I'm glad we won't go down that rabbit hole. Thank God. Because I was afraid you would go off no, on a tangent I for hate, like two hours. I so, okay, cool. All right, perfect. But, um, yeah, he, uh, he was born on January 14th, 1948, passed away February 1st, 2024. So, uh, R.I.P. And we did not kill him. He went. He went peacefully. <laughs> you, I think it is kind of weird that we just yeah, talked the, about it. It was very it, coincidental. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but anyway, Oops. no. Um, now back to today's episode. I yeah. did. You did remind me of something. I was going to say this uh, last podcast, but I forgot to. Adam Sandler's wife was not in Predator. Thank you. And Adam Sandler's <laughs> wife is also not in Goodfellas. Did so, you know Adam Sandler? Yeah. I just wanted to touch base on that. And also, Adam Sandler was not in Predator. Which I mean, that kind of or Goodfellas. This, this, the, the, she's in other movies without Adam. That that has happened in the past. <laughs> this is true. So yeah, I picked. Goodfellas because I'd seen it in the past and Mason has seen it in the past and Chandler, like we said, lives in the eighties and missed on missed this one. We knew this was gonna happen, right? There's gonna be many occasions where either none of us have seen it or two out of three, which which I think is good. We need that. We can't keep doing movies that everybody knows by heart, so well, I mean, it helps a little bit because you were saying yourself that you uh, you don't have a lot of facts this time around. I did, because I am a little lost. I feel lost, but I will do the best I can. I took good notes while watching it. So. A little lost in the sun. We actually did something different this time, too. We all watched the movie together. That's right. I did yep. like that. Yeah, that, so it was fun. that helped. It's fun. Even it's like though, a little boy sleepover. Even yeah. though you guys were leaning in together on the couch whispering like little girls, so you guys didn't yeah, yeah, ruin we the movie whispering. for That's me. We were, we were so left out. We were whispering. You I'm didn't on hear the, the other side of the couch, like, all right, you know, just keep <laughs> typing my fingers off here. Yeah. Taylor was, he looked like the he most. Missed, he missed the pinnacle part of the movie. We had he, to go back. He was uh, he was down in his phone a bunch, and we just had to, like, we're going to roll this back. You're going to see this. You have to, like, watch this. Because he was taking notes. It, it, he looked like a disinterested girl on a date. She's <laughs> texting her friends. Texting her friend. this sucks, pick me up. But it was because he was no. he was taking so many notes. So. It was a good it was a good movie. Oh, he liked it. Okay. You oh. might appreciate. Well, no, you guys are probably gonna be pissed at my rating when we're done. But <laughs> if it's lower it, than a six, I might be angry. It's not lower than a six. Oh, okay, all right. Well. But you're you're entitled to your opinion. It's right. wrong, and I hate you, but you're entitled. <laughs> you are entitled. Well, just to remind everybody, we don't exactly have a long scoreboard yet, but we only got one movie officially on the board. Predator was at six point nine. 
between the three of us. So we'll see if Goodfellas beats it. And that's not any, uh, that's, that's more to do with you two than me. I rated that pretty high. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of ratings, this movie, Goodfellas, was rated an 8.7 on IMDb Ooh. and a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. So really high up there. As it deserves. And uh, some movies that came out the same year, uh, Pretty Woman, Home Alone, Kindergarten Cop, Total Recall. Ooh. Yep. Edward Scissorhands. I didn't know all that. House Party, My Blue Heaven, another mob movie, uh, The the Godfather Part 3, Ugh. another mob movie. <laughs> Ghost well, and... Re- relax. Ghost and Predator 2. Uh, well, you already, gave your, you already gave your opinion on yeah, Predator 2. Yeah, yeah, there was week. a little strong showing for Predator 2. But I figured I, there were other better options for me to select that came out. But because we just watched Predator, I figured I would announce that we, you know, that movie came out the same year. I will say, just, just right off the bat... I, I have noticed that anytime I talk to anybody about mafia movies, this is the first movie that anybody says. It's, it's the first yeah. name they rattle off, period, it seems like. And I didn't know it was based on true story, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Did not know that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's uh it's like I said, it was one of my sister's favorite movies of all time, which I, <laughs> I think it was either you or Mason asked me, how? How was this her favorite no, movie? I think that was Chandler. Yeah. It was me. <laughs> okay, I was, yeah, and I was, I was like, ah, you know, I, I don't know. She's, it, she, she actually, like, she, one of her favorite comedians we were growing up was Louis Black. Very dry, older dude telling, mm-hmm. the, yeah, telling jokes. So I, th- I think that was just, like, her, you know, mentality. But the... The uh, the the movie itself, like I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say this is on my like top ten list. I I really enjoy this movie, but it's I wouldn't even say this on my top ten. I don't think there's I don't think there's any mafia movies that crack the top ten. Casino Casino and this one are very close. I really like Casino as well. It's not my top ten. <laughs> No, no one's surprised. This, <laughs> yeah. this doesn't have any muscle dudes or <laughs> sweaty men or. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this uh, this movie is uh, like it. I don't know it. It's one that like I've, I've heard it a hundred times in like all the stuff that I've watched because I've done mm-hmm. a lot of research. I've watched this movie three times this uh, this week, and one of the things I heard in a lot of the uh, the the like feedback from everybody was like, if I saw it on TV. I knew that I was sitting down for an hour or two yeah, watching it, and yeah. I'm watching the rest of this movie. Like it's a, it's up there with the Shawshank Redemption in that regard. Yeah. If you see Ooh, Shawshank Redemption a, on TV, you're watching it. you stop and that's you watch a, it. Now that's a good one. Have you ever <laughs> been to Mansfield? Yeah. Oh. Like four times. Oh, pretty cool place. Mm-hmm. Actually in the prison yeah. that were they, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they held you there. That's, <laughs> that's believable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, there's no felons on this podcast. At least that Not I yet. know of. Anyway. We had to do background checks before we did this. Yeah, that's true. So, I guess the one thing I wanted to ask you guys, and this is kind of, it's a weird question. I had a weird question for last week, but I forgot to ask it. So, I'm going to, I guess, start my weird questions okay. on this podcast. My question for you guys is, do you think that the first person to come up with the idea for an MLM was a mobster. Oh. Um, uh, mm, mm, I wanted to say yes, but... Think about it. 
multi-level marketing schemes are exactly the same as the mob. You got one say. guy at the top with a <laughs> couple guys working under them. They got guys working under them and everybody's paying homage up top. It's kind of it's when I was like watching that, I was like, "Man, mobsters are the like are the first MLM that really worked." I was like, this, "How weird is that?" Like to think about, like it's like that's just the way it worked, and it was kind of weird. But I think you're onto something. I just thought it was, I thought it was odd and just food for thought. I forget what my question was for last week, but uh, it was just like another one of those like this very weird, like off off the beaten path not necessarily about the movie but like this movie made me think about it because i was yeah. like they're describing early in the movie they're describing like poly and how poly works and we'll, we'll kind of get into that I'll, i've got plenty of notes um no the only thing i was gonna say yeah, for man. for how long the movie is which i'm sure you have that two hours and 25 minutes there you go 145 minutes it's so fast like it's a long movie but a lot of stuff happens quick like you have to you know, you have to keep if, paying attention. If you, know? you watch it a couple of times, there's like certain points in the movie where you know, like, all right, this is halfway through the movie. This is the next act, and then this is the next act, and then this is the final act. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because uh, for for how long it is, you, I never got bored. Oh no, I didn't mm-hmm. either. You don't get bored, so so th- this I will bring back uh, from last time. I couldn't use uh, a youtube video for this one so you're looking at all me baby uh these uh the death recaps for the uh for the for the movies uh the, this one is uh this one's got 10 total kills and it was which i was shocked by <laughs> this was 14.5 kills per minute but it's you know spread out it's spread it's 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 you go from minute one to minute 71 before you get your next yeah. uh, your next kill so we can get into it. The opening of the movie starts off. Uh, the The boys are in the car driving, and this was actually in the book. In the middle, they uh, they wanted to tell this story. So Martin Scorsese directed this, and he wrote the book, um, or he he read the book that was written about this uh, this like story of Henry Hill by um, oh gosh, what was his name? I have it in my notes. I'll find it eventually. But uh, the uh, oh Nicholas Pileggi. Uh, so. Martin Scorsese, working on a movie, was reading this book in his spare time, really enjoyed it, and thought, oh, this is great. And they actually, he they he went to him, he said, I want to work on this sc- uh, script with you. And Nicholas Pledge was like, I've never written one before, but if we're going to work on it together, great. Yeah, sure, let's do it. And uh, so they agreed that they were going to do it. They kind of had like a verbal agreement that they mm-hmm. were going to work on the movie together. And doing so, they, they kind of were trying to write out how they wanted to, like, wanted everything to go. And they saw that, you know, if we start out at the beginning, it's going to be a little bit slow. We need something to grab people. So yeah. instead, they grab the middle of the book, which is the, well, you don't know who's getting killed. But there's somebody in the trunk that gets killed in the opening of the movie. Uh, and they uh, they, they kind of jump cut. They have Henry introduce himself like through the like through voiceover which was another thing that they kind of talked about too is voiceover a lot of times is very very sloppy it's because you got to explain the movie like you like you can't understand what's going on so you have to have somebody telling you what's going on but this movie does it so well yeah. that you just it, you just kind of accept it because it's it's really it's kind of like you're sitting down with a mobster and they're telling you they're telling you a story yeah, and right I, I feel like that was him telling the witness protection everything that happened because it kind of seems in that scenario how he was when he was introducing everyone and he was like that was 
this was he was he was using past tense the entire time. Yeah, that's why I think maybe in the beginning of the movie he's explaining it all to like witness protection or whatnot. And it's funny when Ray Liotta said he was uh, doing the voiceover work for the mm-hmm. for the movie, doing the narration. He actually started talking, didn't like the way it sounded, felt like it was weird. Uh, and he had the audio guy come in and he started to like he sit sit across from me mm-hmm. and he started talking to him like he was telling a story oh, so okay. that's and that's how he kind of like made it like and it, you, you know it's like he was telling a story at that point so it kind of like jumps into that which is uh really interesting um but yeah that was one thing i didn't know about it being based off a book and you know um <laughs> so martin scorsese called nicholas pledgy mm-hmm. to start and he said hey i want to do this movie with you left a message for him and <laughs> and nicholas pledgy was like this is bullshit. This is one of my friends messing with me and didn't call him back. It's one of my friends, Martin Scorsese. He's a dickhead. <laughs> so he thought it was somebody, like one of his buddies, like, oh, this is, they're just calling and acting like Martin Scorsese or, and just left me a message. And then he got, he got, a hold of him again. He called and actually like talked to him. He's like, Hey, I've been trying to get a hold of you. And he's like, <laughs> Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> for real wow okay this is actually real that's kind of it was kind of crazy um but Ken yeah that Blunt was called <laughs> it was yeah it was very interesting so yeah that kind of led to them like working together and go through everything so did you know who else auditioned for the role of henry so obviously ray liotta played henry yeah sean penn alec baldwin val Kilm- kilmer and tom cruise all auditioned yeah. to be henry which i think they would all be horrible as as henry are you gonna talk bad about Vale Kilmer yes. right now? <laughs> he would. He'd be a horrible mobster. Are you kidding me? I'm just saying. I could see it. I could totally you could see, see it. Val Kilmer as a, <laughs> a as young, a mobster. A young Val Kilmer. Yes. So this that's actually funny too because Ray Liotta talked to Martin. Met with Martin immediately. Like like mm-hmm. he had heard that he was taught. Like he he's heard he was talking about making this movie. He wanted to be involved because he had actually read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had reached out and. He had met with Martin, and it uh, some time passed. About nine months passed before he finally heard back, and he thought, "I must have been one of the first people that met with him." Turns out, it was actually the uh, the one of the producers that mm. <laughs> didn't didn't really see him in the role. He didn't see him as Henry, and it was funny because he actually uh, apparently like cornered him in a restaurant at one point. <laughs> <laughs> Not like bad, but, like <laughs> he. Uh, so he, I'm trying to find Irvin Martin, Irwin Ir, Mar, Martin. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Didn't think Ray Liotta would work for Henry and put it off for months. Uh, then, uh, yeah, then he met. Him, he saw him in a restaurant. He came over and talked to him. Mar, or the, so the producer. The producer saw Irwin Ir, was in a restaurant. Ray Liotta came over to him and said, "Hey, oh. I'm Ray Liotta." Introduced himself, and then he actually he, he's like, "Hey, listen, I've." I've been told that you don't think I'm right for this part. And I just want to... I heard you've been talking shit. (laughs) He's like, I just want a moment of your time. I want to talk to you about it. And, you know, and I want to convince you that I'm the right guy. And then after he talked to him in that that moment, because Irwin, Martin came to him immediately and said, I want him. He's perfect. I want him for the role. And he's like, I don't don't like him for it and he's he just kept putting it off. He just kept, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And then finally when he met with him, he's like, I can I can see it. I can see why he like kind of charmed. He didn't think he'd have the charm that uh, Henry Hill had, like the kind of to like be that kind of that good talking mm-hmm. like mobster dude. 
after he after he met with him, he 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 loved him, and he made him. You oh, know, I wonder how that producer felt out of all the fake laughing Ray Liotta did in that movie. <laughs> Get this fucking guy off set. That Get him is, out of here. That is the most annoying laugh. I will say Ugh. that I, so bad. And I think that's due in part to like, I th- it's kind of like a, a defense mechanism. I think that was like it's like almost a fake fake laugh. If I laugh, then I yeah. Then other people might think this is like oh it's all the ju- let's they might yeah. start laughing and then stop being violent. Yeah, I I, th- I feel I feel like that, like after watching the movie again and again like that seems to be like the the main thing. So I, we'll j- jump back. We're driving with the body. Then we jump cut back. So we we start in 1970, and then we jump back to 1955 when Henry is in his house looking across the street at the at the uh, cab stand, and he and we start to get like an introduction at why he likes the like he likes the idea mm-hmm. of working at the cab stand. He wants to he wants to be one of those guys because they get respect. They're all over the place, and it's it's great. They got they they, they do a good job of like. They did a perfect job of casting because that kid looks exactly yeah. like oh, Ray yeah. Absolutely, talks just like him. It, it does a great job uh, of of acting. It's probably one of the best child acting things I've ever seen because like child actors for the most part suck are terrible. Yeah, I can't stand it. So we, we jump through there and then we see like like he talks about wanting to get a job there. He gets a job there and then he's skipping school immediately as soon as he gets a job working there. He talks a little about his his dad and his mom and how they like his dad was excited he got a job because mm-hmm. he said American kids are all spoiled and all that fun stuff um, because when he was like. 13 he was pulled out of school to go work in mines as an irish guy so i think that was he was like ah oh, these kids are spoiled over here so so then he's skipping school he's parking cars for for everybody and then uh we we get to about five minutes in and his dad's coming in to ask him how school's been and all that fun stuff and he he walks out he's like yeah it's good school's great and he's like oh yeah school oh, yeah. school was great and he, he's like i just got a letter from school it says you haven't been there for months and he starts beating the ever living shit out of him and that you know this you know kind of goes back to you know shows the times like that that was completely acceptable that he didn't talk about how his dad was abusive at all he's just like sometimes no, you just take, should be out of me yeah. he's like and then he's like he makes the comment. He's like, I just, you know, sometimes you just, you have to take a beating. Yeah. Like that's the way of the world. Like sometimes people take a beating. Like that's it. And it was like, wow, okay. This is the way this kid thinks. That's... Foreshadowing to the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, that's what my next point is. So f- I have fingering the mailman. That's what I have <laughs> written down. But he, they go and he's, Henry says, I can't work here at the cab stand anymore. Tootie, who is, uh, who's the, the main mobster's brother, uh, Polly's the main monster. I'll get into. They do a small introduction a little bit earlier, but we like we just kind of see him in the background mm-hmm. for a while. And Tootie, <laughs> Tootie tells uh, tells him, well, "You're gonna screw everything up, kid. We gotta we gotta figure this out." So then they go and they're sitting in front of the post office, and Henry. That's the guy. Points to his mailman. <laughs> they grab him, throw him in the car, and then they immediately take him back to the cab stand, and are gonna throw him into <laughs> into the oven to tell. Just because they're like, you can't be delivering mail to this kid's house. You know who this kid is. You don't take any letters from the school to this kid's house ever. And then, and then Henry makes the comment that he, he's like, we never got mail again. <laughs> we didn't get so much mail. My mother went down to the post office and complained. And it's, it's just a great scene just because it's like, it's, it kind of foreshadows things, yeah. right? Like, he he immediately, or like, when when things come to a, a point where he, like, you know, can't, you know, win, 
He's yeah. got to quit his job that he really loves, and like he's, because his dad and mom are gonna kill him if he does it. He's because he literally says, "My dad is gonna kill me yeah. uh, if I if I keep going." So he he goes and he points the finger at the mailman, right? Turns a, turns a rat and and, and kind of like tells immediately, like, "Hey, this this guy, that's the guy that's 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 gonna like, like he's the one gonna get me mm-hmm. killed, right?" So it kind I mean, of kind of foreshadows him being a little bit of a snitch. Could you? But I mean, could you imagine? being that young and being untouchable already like, like being the, the fucking mailman <laughs> well i'm just saying i i will say this real quick yeah, just so you guys know out of out of the whole movie the very beginning all the scenes when he's a kid what we're talking about right now is my favorite i love movies when they do flashbacks especially when it goes back to like the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. like they did such a good job with you know like encapsulating it yeah like the the surroundings the cars <clears throat> everything the clothes you i mean they pulled it off and like you guys said he looks just like uh henry as an adult i mean they look so much alike yeah. and, and they talk the same you didn't have to question anything but i think the very beginning i think they could have went a little further with his younger days i think they jumped I don't want to get ahead of it, but I think they jumped too quickly from him being a kid to an adult. I think they could have added more in the middle. See, but. see one thing I will say is he he's not really an adult. Ray Liotta is a grown ass man though, yeah, well, playing like a twenty year old or like one, yeah, right, like yeah, super freaking young right. a guy, and he is definitely not twenty one yeah. when they're when they're filming this. Um, but you actually you you kind of. <laughs> You're talking about something uh, about the casting for Henry's character, and I want to. At a certain point here, we're going to get to somebody else that I want to defend myself because I was talking to Mason while we were watching it, and I was I I told him something. I was like, I didn't realize for the longest time that this was the way this was. He's what? But we'll we'll talk about it in a second Uh, because I do want to talk about the like. So there's a point at which we get uh, we go through that the the whole scene with the the mailman and then we get to to Polly's Polly's at a barbecue we're at Polly's house yeah. I'm assuming at a barbecue mm-hmm. and they're kind of describing what Polly does and he's like Polly doesn't want to talk to anybody he doesn't want to be seen talking to anybody he doesn't want to have big group meetings Polly runs the show yeah Polly runs the show and here's a fun fun no fact phones. about no phones. A, a fun fact about this so during the like the casting and everything um so Paul Servino, who is Polly, um, he was terrified that he was going to screw this whole movie up because he's like, I don't, I'm not a, like, he's like, I'm a poet. I don't like, I'm not a he mob. A poet? Yeah, he writes poetry. He's an artist. He's like not. He is an actor, and like people <laughs> all associate him. He's mind blowing. Yeah, right right? look at the his face, poet. What? Yeah, that's how he describes himself. Now I got to turn my back. Yeah. So he, so he, he was afraid that he was going to ruin this movie um, the whole time, and. So he kept like he he was afraid that it was getting closer to casting. He hadn't found the character yet, and he was gonna have his like his agent just call in and say, "Listen, he died. <laughs> he had twi- he's got typhoid fever. Any anything to get him like out of like having to like be there, right?" Mm-hmm. So he's but then he was getting ready to go go somewhere, and he caught a glimpse of himself in the in the mirror, and he didn't he he had this look, and he's like, "I scared myself with that look." And I was like, "Who? Who is that?" I didn't recognize myself, and I was like, "That's him. That's Polly right there." Huh. So he he found the character, but 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, he ahead. does yeah. have that dead-eyed stare. Yeah. Like when he in the beginning, he's just dead-eyeing, just he's staring. A, like, well, he's an intimidating dude, and they they ha- they have no problem showing at the beginning of the movie that he's he's the boss of the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. If you want, you gotta be on his good side to get the protection. Mm-hmm. And you and you never see Polly doing anything either. No. Nope. No. And that's like I think part of like the beauty of Polly is like he's he doesn't take calls at his house. He didn't like phone <laughs> calls at his own house. He d- he didn't want to be seen talking to anybody except for his brother. Like his brother yeah. would come over and be the intermediary between him and people. So another thing too, so Joe Pesci's obviously in this movie as Tommy. My favorite character. So this is where I want to defend myself because I said to Mason, I was like, I didn't realize for the longest time that Tommy Joe Pesci later on in the movie is Tommy. I thought it was a different Tommy because because he just he looks so much older yeah. than 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 Ray Liotta even though they're supposed to be playing characters that are the exact same age and he just it it, it always seems like Ray Liotta's character Henry is mm-hmm. like almost like he's below uh, below Tommy. The whole time, which is well, it's I, I guess because Tommy is full Italian. I mean, yeah, I, and it's just the, like the the hierarchy between yeah. the two of them. Even though they kind of get introduced at the same time, they're both working the same stuff, doing the same thing. It just the way it was portrayed, and I and I again, I'll stand by this like this fact that it wasn't like I, I can't be faulted too much because Joe Pesci is the same exact age as Robert De Niro. They're what they are eighty years old, both of them. Oh wow, yep. 80. Yeah. And when Martin was talking about the, he was talking about casting the part of Tommy. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I'm I'm talking about Tommy now is because of this thing. So Martin calls Pesci up and says, listen, I think, yeah, I think you're too old. I think you're too old to play that character. I think I want you to be Polly. I want you to be Polly. That's who I want you to play. He's like, I don't want to be Polly. I don't want to do that. He's like, yeah, but I think you're going to have to be because you're too old. And, (laughs) <laughs> he says something like, "Like I forget exactly the conversation, but it was." But uh, Pesci's like, "Well, I, that, that's fucking stupid." And, and, and Scorsese's, "Well, that's the way it's fucking is." And he hangs up the phone, hangs up, hangs up on Pesci. Pesci calls him back and says, "No, fuck you!" And he hangs up the phone too. So, so he's like, he's like, and then I call like cooler heads prevail, and I called him back later, and I apologize. But it was, but then he he went and sought out like a makeup artist from another like thing mm-hmm. to make him look young, like to use tape, pull his like pull his like skin back and stuff like that, and like he wore a wig. Yeah, so there was a whole lot of stuff that they did that, like to hide his age. But he's he went and showed Martin, and Martin's like, I don't know. He's like, just. This is the way it is. This is the way it's got to be. Do it. Yeah, just do it. So do I it. also, what I don't think, <clears throat> like, by you saying you figured out that that was younger Tommy, it's like the very next scene, they're all at that bar, and then Pesci starts pressing Henry, or, I'm sorry, Tommy starts yeah. pressing Henry, and he's like, what, what the fuck, am I a fucking clown? Which, I mean, if your kids sense, or if you've been friends since your kids, you Could would kind of sense... Sorry, can I, have oh, a dab, can I have a dab of that whiskey? Thank you. <laughs> I don't think there's any reason think, to pause the podcast for that. I'm not. That's, that's fine. I'm so, uh, well, <laughs> I'm not talking, so I might as well drink. <laughs> He's going to, yeah, move fucking great. So, so that that actually does, so you're, you, that kind of fueled my fire, yeah, actually. Yeah, which it, I, that's how I felt, too, until I realized that that was. Yeah, because it was like, it, again, he the way he talks to him is almost like he's in, like, he's over top of him. Like, yeah. he's like, oh, you're talking shit to me? And that's why I was like, how did this, 
what? Because they've been friends since they yeah, were kids. I was like, who the hell is this new guy that I haven't met before? Because I th- and then again, like I said, Ray Liotta is so much younger looking than Pesci that it was just like, oh, okay, that's uh, okay. So like, the, the, when I finally made the connection, and it didn't take me too crazy long, but <laughs> but don't but, yeah. mind me. <laughs> No, so that actually leads us to a good point. So we get we, there's a few other things that happen in in the past, and I know Chandler loved the past, so I don't want to jump too far past it. No. Oh, I was just gonna say one one more thing about no, the past ahead. before before we go into when he's an adult. I just just for people that haven't seen this movie, he literally goes from parking cars to yep. to uh, just doing errands for Polly to literally blowing up cars. Yeah, I mean, I think he even mentions. He what did he say? It was a he, quote. It was a quote. It he goes, makes more money than most of the most of the adults on most the street. Most of the adults, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I make more money than most adults on my street. Uh, and then there was the the quote of like when one day my mother came home from the grocery store and all the kids from the neighborhood right. brought her groceries back. You want to know why? It was respect. out of respect. Yeah. Yep. And that's as the cars are blowing, blowing up, up in behind the background. Them, yeah. yeah. So that yeah that we kind of we go to that point where we see we see him blowing up the car. He's dressed like a gangster in like the next scene, look. and his mom's like, "Oh my god, you're dressed like a gangster!" And then we get the immediately Yo, ma. <laughs> we get immediately uh, the a guy coming running down the street toward the cab stand where Henry's at, and he's bleeding. He's screaming. He's been shot. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about and, that. And Tootie yells at him for helping him. What the fuck's the matter with you? We use eight towels. You use eight aprons. You're, <laughs> you're, you're a jerk. We gotta toughen this kid up. I actually, that quote made me laugh so hard. Uh, yeah, I think, was it Polly that was actually yelling at him? No, when it was he, Tootie. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, was, he was saying Polly doesn't want anybody dying. In dying in the front, yeah. yeah. You wasted eight fucking aprons. <laughs> this kid's you're a, a jerk. You're a real jerk. I love that. But then, right, right away after that, we meet Jimmy. Who is introduced as the top? Like he's like, oh, Jimmy is Jimmy's flashing cash out, cash around everywhere. He's a top earner. Big earner. And Polly introduces Henry to Jimmy, and Jimmy <laughs> is Robert De Niro. Yes, Jimmy is Robert De Niro, and he is uh, he is in everything Martin Scorsese does <laughs> for the most part. Mm-hmm. So many movies with them together, but uh, he he shows up. <laughs> When he hands Henry, he slips like money into Henry's <laughs> Henry's coat pocket, and he tipped and, everybody. He does it to everybody. Well, the way Henry says it, yeah, the way Henry goes, "Thank you, <laughs> thank you," <laughs> just is so freaking funny Dry to me. And just flat. <laughs> but you're right. He does give money to everybody. He gave money to the bartender. Everybody, the ice cold. everybody walks past. Yeah, it seemed like. Yeah, everybody. Everybody walks like like walks up. It's just like this guy is. This he's giving out free cash. Looked like real cash too, and that was real cash. That is one of the things that Chandler did know. Go ahead, tell will, us. I'll thank Gavin for that one. Okay, I'll give him cred for that. All right, because we'll he's that. gonna listen to this as soon as oh, it's yeah. posted. So, oh, yeah. so the money that was used on set was real money a lot of the time, and they wanted it to look real. And then <clears> actually, <throat> that kind of leads to later on in the, uh, the movie we. We meet. Uh, there's there's other there's an actress in this movie that plays Henry's wife. She made the comment that they, <laughs> that it needed to be real jewelry because mm. Karen wouldn't like wear fakes. Yeah. So they had to get her real jewelry for the for the shoes too, which became a whole 
whole other like real jewelry from yeah, like, like real real yeah. life yeah, yeah real jewelry yeah. that wasn't like fake like imitation stuff so so that was a big thing because it took them time to film they couldn't yeah. Just, yeah they couldn't just pull jewelry and they had to have it the whole time so it was a it was a kind of a hard thing Holy that they did shit. but yeah that was uh that was an interesting fact but yeah you were right chandler that is that is real quiche that he's walking around with the uh, sorry i didn't want to interrupt you. the only other thing i had marked down which i know we're kind of bouncing back and no, forth for but it. this is the transition from him being a kid to an adult but we completely skipped over where you know he's doing all these odd jobs proving his worth pretty much but we completely forgot about where he actually does get in trouble for selling oh, no. cigarettes. Oh, yeah. oh no, we didn't, sir, because that happened shortly after this uh, oh. in, in interaction. I'm moving through the movie, baby. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. You've only seen it once. We're trucking. Yeah, we're just we're getting there. And speaking of trucking, this actually is what like right after we meet Jimmy for the first time, we see Jimmy's favorite thing in the world to do because he's introduced as like a big tough guy. He's like, he'll kill anybody. Uh, like if he's ordered to kill somebody, he'll take him out. He doesn't, he's not shying away from violence, but his favorite thing in the world to do is to steal. He wants to steal. And Jimmy, we see in the next scene is at a truck that has been pulled off to the side of the road that they are robbing. And they're going to take they take from this truck and he pulls the truck driver or he's not the one that pulls him out. Two of his guys pull this truck driver out, bring him over to him. He grabs his wallet, looks at his license and, and threatens him and tells him, Hey, you might know who we are, but we definitely know who you are. So if you do tell on us, we'll find you. We'll find you. And then he slips 50 bucks into the, into the guy's wallet. So not only is he just like, you know, this is, here's a little piece for you like he's tipping everybody he's giving a little bit of money out and then that guy's like he thanks him he even says thank you and I think that's the, that's thanks. the way it goes he's, he's almost like Henry but, <laughs> but yeah it's, it's very funny just because it's like <laughs> you see him doing you see him like pulling this guy or like over they threaten him and then they like, here's some cash you know this is for you he's like, oh, okay cool and then he talked about how like people would start to tip them off uh, for, for like you know because they knew that they were going to get a little bit back their way um, so from there, that truck that they stole from is a cigarette truck, yep. and the next day we see that they're handing out cigarettes uh, like to people to go sell, and that's where Tommy and Henry are introduced for the first time. Then Tommy and Henry go to a uh, like a some sort of manufacturing plant or something like that. They're out mm-hmm. selling cigarettes, selling and- cigarettes, and then two cops uh, in some plain clothes walk up and they they come up to Henry and there's like, hey, you can't be doing that. He's like, no, it's all right. Because they already paid off the cops. We yeah. just we just saw Jimmy paying off the cops, so it's all good. No, 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 no big deal. He's, they're like, no, 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 no. Who gave you permission, <laughs> yeah. your mother? And then they, they they take him away while Tommy runs away back to the cab stand to tell him like, oh, Henry got pinched. So Henry Henry gets pinched, which is the first time that Henry has actually been in trouble for doing some gangster shit the whole time so that's that's kind of fun he's he's blown up cars and done all sorts of crazy stuff gets caught selling cigarettes. but he gets caught selling cigarettes I, which is i just thought that was kind of funny but um yeah he thinks he's invincible and then yeah. that and then that happens but the courtroom scene just had me crack it up like he clearly clearly he quit going to school because yeah. oh yeah absolutely <laughs> The judge calls him up and he like walks past. Where That's he's me, supposed- and he's standing up in front <laughs> of the lawyer. Comes up behind him, pulls him no, back. He has no idea what he's doing, but he proves to everybody and Jimmy, the he's most important person, that he's not a rat. Yeah, so. yeah. So that was the one thing: you don't give him anything, and you you don't rat on your friends. Like right. you don't talk. Like those are the two rules. The two rules to live by. The funny part was when they finally come out. 
and they're all talking and like Polly and the whole guy and like, oh, hey, you popped your cherry. And they all like congratulating You're, so, you're supposed to get in trouble at least once. Yeah. 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 So that 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 then leads us to jump time. So we jump yeah. time, we go and we're we're outside of the airport and they start to kind of explain the airport, how the airport's kind of like the bank for mm-hmm. the mobsters because everybody knows who works Money's there. Money's coming in, yeah. going out. They just go in and they they, they they know everybody that works there. They get tip-offs on truck drivers. So if they need money, they make more money from doing that than fixing the numbers or whatever, mm-hmm. that they're, they're, the other things that they're doing. So they're stealing from there to, to go through. And we, we get we get a very <laughs> funny moment where the where the truck driver goes like goes in leaves his car and then immediately goes in and tells the <laughs> tells the um the the sh- oh, the restaurant owner he's like oh, yeah. you, you got, <laughs> you're never going to believe it i just got robbed and he's like calling he says some nasty nastier things than that but he immediately like starts to say it's like other people than them so he's definitely in on like the the robbery mm-hmm. so it's just kind of like showing like oh everybody's getting a yeah. little taste so that's just yeah we got that so that, that and we also have jumped from 1955 to 1963 Mm -hmm. so we're uh in the you know the time when henry's you know older is like 20 is like younger Mm -hmm. still but like not like not a kid anymore and then we end up with uh the so there's a like a big shot a very long tracking shot where we meet all of the gang they could where they're doing all the pans yeah like oh this is him this is him it's Tony two times. Get the papers. Get the papers. Get the papers. <laughs> and they, yeah, they go. Jojo through, the whale. They go through everybody, and they're just showing you everybody. Even some people that don't even matter, like in the in the long run. Well, you said this. All their names end in fucking eyes, e's, or y's. Yeah, we got Polly, we got Tony, we got Johnny, we got Frankie, <laughs> and, which is mentioned later on in the movie at the wedding. Yeah. So they're they're yeah. There is a yeah. There, I actually counted uh, like all of the different ones, but it wasn't nearly as many as she said oh. she said there were. But it was still very funny to try to like figure out. But yeah, so there like we end up with like meeting everybody, and then we're, we're kind of like listening to Ray Liotta's voiceover talking about like what you know like how things run. We see some <laughs> we see some scenes where the restaurant owner is busting. Uh, henry's henry's balls about the fact they brought furs in instead of like suits and he's like i got suits coming on thursday it's like you don't want the furs he's like no 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 i'll keep the furs i'll keep the furs it's just it's summer he's like we'll put them in the freezer that's what we'll do so he's gonna so even the restaurant owner is like in on like the the robbery stuff so it's like everybody is is involved and then we get out of that scene it's henry still talking and then frenchie walks through the door frenchie is uh, one of the guys that works security at the airport. Ready? Yeah. There's the click. Yeah. There's the click from the beer. <laughs> Chandler loves it. Chandler's beer. Don't mind me. <laughs> so we we get to the point where Frenchie is talking about this, you know, this heist, right? This Air France heist, and he wants to like. Henry's got Jimmy coming running over. They like immediately. They're like a dog with a bone. They both yeah. jump up, run over quick, and they want to talk. They want to get information about this thing. So. Frenchie gives him an explanation of what's going to happen. The, the money's going to come in. It's going to be 400K. It's or close to, he says, close to a half a million dollars. Yeah. And it is. It's I think it's 420,000 total mm-hmm. that they end up with. But yeah, he, they're asking, it, Jimmy asks, who's the secu- who's security on this? He's like, he's, Frenchie's like, it's me. It's me. I'm the night guy. So yeah. like, nobody's going to bother you. I'm like, well, we'll do it. So it, it just kind of sets up a heist for a little bit later. And then we jump to one of the most iconic scenes of all oh, time. Yes. How am I funny? Yeah. So Chandler 
What did you think of that scene? Like, as somebody watching it for the first time ever, like, what what was your feedback? How'd you feel about it? Well, to be completely honest with you, all the movies I've seen with Joe Pesci in it, he's either been, for the most part, funny. You know, he's always had a... Like, funny how? Like, funny like a clown? What am I, like a clown? Like, he's here to no. fucking amuse you? I didn't mean it like that. That was good, though. We all, that, that worked out perfect. Yeah, that was not playing. Yeah, no, no, not playing at all. But no, seriously... At least I know he's done plenty of serious roles, but all the movies that I've seen, he's had a you know a more comedy role, and still at this point in the movie, you don't know how he is. You don't know if he's like a stone cold killer, if he's dead serious all the time, if he's actually messing with Henry. When I first watched it, I thought he was serious. Like I thought he was about to mess him up, like like Henry. I'm like, oh cool, he he messed up. We're <laughs> We're 25 minutes into the movie or whatever, and it's like he's yeah. about, he's about to get his ass kicked. Yeah, but um, typical Joe Pesci. He's like, I'm kidding, and you know, pulls him in I for almost a, got you. You almost got you. It's oh, it's it's such a like oh man, it's such it's, a, a it's it was weird to see Joe Pesci come off intimidating. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. Yeah, it is funny. Like you're coming from a perspective of him as like a funny guy, whereas I like would have only ever pegged them as like gangster movie stuff like yeah. back in the day so like i guess during this time they were shooting home alone no, i was just thinking that too so i mean he was going between home alone and fucking goodfellas yeah so yeah so they actually i was listening to a lot of the behind the scenes and stuff and they actually chose to they, they shot it in a in like a medium shot they didn't mm-hmm. want to get. They didn't want to do a close up because it was already intense enough. Yeah. What they wanted to capture the tension. They wanted to capture the faces of everybody around them. How everything because everybody went, was like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. They, everybody was laughing. Everybody's having a good time. Then all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh no. Well, it's, it, it What's turns happening? when uh, Tommy goes, no, 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 don't answer for him. He's a big boy. He can answer for himself. Yeah. Well, and, well, then, and I don't want to jump ahead. No, go ahead. I don't want to jump ahead at all. But at this point in the movie, you don't know how important. And how big of a deal Joe Pesci's character is yet. I mean, at least I didn't. You guys. I don't think it was explained yet, his importance. Well, that was his first like scene of him being an adult. That's the first time you've seen yeah. him. Right, so, so you don't know what Joe Pesci's yeah. going to be later on in the movie, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think that they explain that he's he's full-blood Italian at some point a little bit mm-hmm. later. So like that that's important. If you're full blood Italian, that's and that might also be why the hierarchy exists between because him and Henry. Because he knows, I mean, he could be made. Yeah, it's a possibility, right? So yeah. like he's got to be got to be cool. But yeah, the the whole scene is diffused by Ray Liotta laughing like a obnoxious <laughs> laugh again and saying, "Don't don't don't fuck around with me, Polly or not Polly. If, if don't fuck around with me, Tommy." And he's like, "Ah, I almost you got really him." You really are a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. So which yeah. So that leads us to everybody's laughing, everybody's having a good time, and then all the sudden the restaurant owner's there and he's in tommy's face and he's like hey uh so i, I hate to do this to you i don't want to bust your balls he's like oh, i don't want to bust my balls." like he's like yeah. kind of already like back at him he's like he's like here's the bill uh the waiter didn't want to bring it over to you but he <laughs> the waiter's in the background like just like just shrunk scared down. <laughs> and he's like well what the, just put it on my tab and he's like don't like, ah, you got seven, seven we, we, you owe seven, like seven you grand you owe seven thousand and he's like he's like you're trying to do this in front of all these people and then he's like you don't buzz he smashes him in the head yeah. with a bottle right 
<laughs> so he, he he like immediately like he's uh, like immediately proves the the waiter right that he shouldn't have <laughs> yeah. that he should have gone to his boss and then he goes after the waiter even he's just like what are you looking at he's like kind of like and then everybody's tense and then ray liotta hits him with that you are a, a funny, funny guy, guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he pulls out his gun and then oh, that, yeah. that cuts to the next scene where um the owner of that bar is sitting and talking to Polly. Yep. Yep. And uh, they're talking back and forth, and the owner's like, "Look, you got to do something about this guy. He's yep. he's, he's scaring me." Yeah. And then at one point, Polly's like, "What do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to do?" And then the owner looks at Ray, and they're like, "Well, I ask him about the thing we were talking about." Yep. And he goes, well, "Why don't you go into the the restaurant business?" He goes, "Restaurant business? <laughs> Fuck, do I know about the restaurant business?" And they keep talking back and forth, and then it goes to the point where uh, he's like, "What do you What do you want me to do with Tommy? You want me to kill him?" He's like, "Well, well that wouldn't be such a bad idea." <laughs> And then everybody gets quiet. Immediately, and like, the guy's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't, I did, yeah, mean, I did, that. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that." <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it is funny too because like that kind of leads ultimately. So like Henry kind of like he must have floated the idea to this guy, and he's like, "Oh, we'll take care of you if, yeah. if that's it." And then um, it immediately goes to just way worse than this guy ever thought it could for for his business. But real quick, a fu- fun fact about that seven k that Tommy owed the uh, the bar today. If Tommy owed seven thousand dollars today, <laughs> oh, Jesus. it would be seventy thousand dollars no with inflation. Oh my god. Cumulative cumulative inflation was like eight hundred and ninety three percent or something like that. That's what it was. So seven K <laughs> back shit. then. Yeah. Tell me about it. Because oh I, I checked it because I was like, I'm I'm kinda interested to know what this would be. Yup. So that kind of blew my mind. I didn't want to go past that. I, I, I love that you were jumping up to the next thing. I, yeah. I, I really do. I just was like, I, I can't miss that fun fact because that God was nuts damn. to me. But yeah, that was, yeah. Then we, like, we go from him asking, hey, maybe get involved. Yeah. Right? So we go, we go to the point where we're, we're, we're going through this, like, you know, here's what we're going to do with the business now. If, if he has a problem, he can go to Polly. If any, yep. if any issue runs up, that's Polly. Things are coming into the front door. They're going out the back door. They're ta- they're buying stuff at a higher price. They're selling it because it's not their money. They don't care. Well, they're then- just. He goes, uh, you don't got my money? Fuck, fuck you, you, pay, pay me. me. Yep. And then he's like, oh, like your business burned down? Don't care. Fuck you, pay me. Yep. And then immediately they've they've gone through. They got him signing papers in the back, probably yeah. probably taking out an insurance policy yeah. immediately. Because in the, the, the next scene, it's Tommy and Henry setting the bar up to burn down. Because Which, the scene is my favorite. They're both sitting in the car just bullshitting and arguing back and forth. And you see the whole bar go up in smoke. And it's when... Uh, uh, Tommy is asking Henry to go on a date mm-hmm. or a double date. Dude, my favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is when he's, I th- I, and he's dead serious. Like, I think she's prejudiced to attack. <laughs> Can you, can you believe that a Jew brought a prejudice against Italian in, in this, this day, day and age? age Nineteen sixty-three. The way he says it, and then says he's the, dead serious. The, the way he says that is the most like just like. And it just kind of like it gets built up too. It's more and more prejudice, like the the yeah. farther you go in. But like, yeah, that like that just, is just goes, two dudes having a dead serious conversation at like two in the morning, yeah. you know, waiting for a building to burn. And yeah. then they're sitting there talking, and he goes, "You and your fucking mouth," and he hurries up and gets out of there. Yeah. 
And it's it's great too because like he's asking Henry to go on a double date, and Henry is completely disinterested. Yeah, I can't be bothered. I gotta I gotta go do something with Tootie. Yeah, I can't like you can't bother me with this. I'm going to do this thing. And he's, he's like, all nah. bus- he's all business. No, yeah. no, no, no. You you come and do this first. You go early. We'll go early, and then you go after. And then then we cut to the scene where he, he's out at this double date that he did not want to be on, and he's, he's we're introduced to to Karen. Um, who is Henry's love interest for the rest of the movie. I think it was pretty cool they had her narrate, too, a little bit. Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. Jump in, yep. Get her little perspective. Yep, and he's yeah, he's talking about how he's like, I'm just flying through this dinner, i got to get through this dinner, I don't want to yeah. be around anymore. Because she's, she's like trolling this badass mobster a little bit, and yeah, it's, he, it's hilarious. He's, yeah, he's flicking his, uh, his, his, his lighter. lighter, Yeah, and she's like, do you mind? That's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> because when they were asking for dessert, he was asking for the check. Yeah, I mean, she clearly has no filter and doesn't oh, hold no. back, which he, deep down... Oh, clearly, he loved clearly he likes. It. Yeah, and and then it goes to the next date that they're supposed to have, which I thought that scene was hilarious. They're all sitting out in front of the uh, the cab stand. Yep, and she comes marching up. You're gonna stand me up. Oh, she what? definitely. You're gonna stand me up. She definitely called him out on his bullshit. Oh yeah, for and sure. everyone, in front of everybody. Everyone on there just laughing at the whole situation. <laughs> yep, and then he says he's gonna take her out. He's gonna make it up to her. She's like, it's gonna cost yeah. you. Yeah, and then the next scene we got showing, we got Henry showing up at her house. He's got a big cross necklace he's got he's got this big like just crucifix on his chest and karen's like oh no cover that up and and her mom comes to the door and she's like i heard that you're half jewish and he's only the good half (laughs) i do think it's funny when they start going on when they actually start going on dates on their own like all these places not to jump ahead but no no good the the when he takes her out on a date one-on-one like He's they still show that he's like above everybody. They bring out his own table for God's oh, sake. Oh, yeah, that goes into like, that, that yeah, this thing is, you were telling me about. That's the next scene. This, yeah, that's the next scene. So that's them showing up at the Copa, Copacabana, Cop- yeah, which is a uh, it's a real club, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just like when I hear it every time I think of I Love Lucy, yeah. that's all I can think of is like Ricky and Lucy at the Copacabana. <laughs> But, but yeah. you were telling me that that whole scene where he goes walking through and like they're like panning it, that was all yep. one shot. All did, one shot. I didn't believe you, but yeah, the camera didn't didn't switch, cut. switch didn't, once. Yeah. Nope. yeah, and they took eight takes, only eight takes to get through there. But they had run through it, so they ran through the scene uh, like a, I think a few times. They got like almost to the end the one time, and the uh, the the comedian that was in there um henny youngman oh, he fucked it up he yeah he couldn't remember his <laughs> joke which is very simple it, it, it was just like what was it take my wife please yeah <laughs> not even a full sentence that's like. it that's all I, I think he said something else but shortly thereafter because like he's in the background talking but like but yeah, he forgets his line, yeah. and they had to film the whole thing again. And apparently, it took like it only took eight times, but they like they got ever like they they knew where they wanted everybody to walk. They like yeah. everybody was set up and to do certain things, and it was all kind of like this big choreographed it's thing. Such an iconic scene. Though. Oh yeah, like it's, Family Guy's done a bit on it. There's uh, tons of shows have done bits on it, and it's it's great too because it's definitely one of those shots where like it's a Scorsese kind of staple. Scorsese oh, yeah. loves having those long shots. He's got them, and I think uh, Raging Bull for sure has it and i think maybe taxi driver might have one but mm-hmm. there's a few of his movies that have these really long like shots like that and they heck they do it earlier in the movie they do it in the scene where he's introducing everybody at the bamboo oh, lounge. yeah that's right that's yeah. right he does do yeah, it then. They, yeah. they just walk through and they all have to be in the right spots and it's like remember yep. their line and they get through it 
Um, so that like we end up with them at the table. Karen is like kind of blown away by all of this, and she, I think oh, she, yeah. she drops she drops a comment like it's like you just tipped everybody twenty dollars. Like, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. And then like they sit down at the table, and she's holding his hand, and he's like, she's like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm in construction. And she's like, you don't. It doesn't feel like you're in construction because <laughs> yeah. she's rubbing his hands and it, like it just kind of like no calluses yeah. here, right? So like, what, can't be in construction. He's like, oh, you know, I'm a union. Yeah, I'm a union yeah. guy. And it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. A typ- atypical Italian yeah. mobster thing. Oh, I'm in the garbage business. Yeah, a twenty year old guy that's just got everything like figured out for him. He's tipping everybody insane amounts of money. He's got like kind of like learn from like Jimmy, right? Yeah, Jimmy's yeah. like, going in. He's tipping everybody, yep. right? He's going through and making it yep. like a big deal, and he's getting treated like a like a star. Um, so yeah, we get the Copacabana, which then leads us to oh my favorite. Ooh, probably not because this is this is Air France. I was just going to talk oh, about Air. Right <laughs> Air France, they get four hundred twenty thousand yeah, dollars. It's yeah. very quick. They say that they paid Polly as tribute. They did it right. Yep. Um, and actually, the the reason I bring it up, only reason is because um, Paul Servino, who is Polly, talked about how when they shot that scene, they had to do it like nine times. So, but when they start the scene, they're laughing. So mm. every time they would go to take a like do a take of the scene, they, would, they had to start laughing. He, he would tell a joke. Oh. He said, and by the ninth joke, it was kind of like, scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> but they, like, he was like, there was nine takes in. So they, that, that, you know, that's where we ended up. And then, go, no, go ahead. Is this the scene that I'm thinking of where he meets Murray and yeah, the whole, he meets, uh, okay. yeah, he meets Murray. Go ahead. So then we get to uh, this guy, Murray, and he sells wigs. Um, uh, Henry and, uh, Who's Jimmy? Jimmy are there, and Murray owes money to Polly. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you real quick because you keep saying Murray. It's Maury. Maury. Fuck. I just don't want you to get in trouble by people that actually. <laughs> have you been seen this movie? Yeah, have you ever seen it? What's no, happening? actually, I, I, I oh. just I'm bullshitting my way through. Oh, he was asleep while we were watching it. <laughs> Damn. No, but they're trying to get this money from Maury. Maury. <laughs> so. They get this money. They're trying to get the money, and Murray is like, "No, fuck you! I ain't paying him. Tell him to get back here and fucking pay me." And um, why am I drawing a fucking Jimmy? De Niro? J- he goes to Jimmy. The, yeah, Jesus. He's, he's yelling at me. He's, he's talking shit about Jimmy when he's like when five feet behind, twenty him. feet away. Yeah. yeah, he's like right in the same room. <laughs> so, pretty much. so Jimmy comes up behind him, grabs the fucking phone wire, rub, like takes it around his neck. He's like, "Oh yeah, gonna talk shit. Gonna talk shit." Well, <laughs> the phone rings. And Murray answers the phone. Murray, <laughs> it's Murray. Murray, whatever. Murray, it's a Murray. It's a Murray. So he answers the phone while fucking Tommy, or yes, Tommy is choking nope. him. And Jimmy, God damn it! What is wrong? I with don't you? know. I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm at my favorite excited. part. So he answers the phone and he goes. While he's getting choked, he goes, Yeah. Yeah, he's right here. He hands the phone over to Henry, and Henry is like, he just bolts out of there. He ends up getting to Karen. Karen's like, oh, he was touching me, and blah, 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 and this and that. So uh, they end up pulling up to Karen's house, and then that's when uh, she he tells Karen, go inside, you know, do what you got to do. And uh, he closes the car, grabs his, uh, his revolver, and he just starts walking over to the neighbor's house where this guy who touched Karen is. Bruce. Bruce. Yep. So he walks over there and Bruce goes, what do you want, fucko? And he just, just starts smacking him Beating the their shit out of him. And he beats the shit out of him. And then he points the gun at the other guy. And he's like, don't shoot. 
so he finally walks back to Karen, hands Karen the rifle, or the... <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> hands Karen the, <laughs> the pistol. Dude. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> it's like my favorite scene of the whole movie. So you forget everybody's name? He forgets all the details. Just let him go. Either way, hands the pistol like to the Karen. <laughs> I just imagine that. In my head, I'm imagining what he's saying. So Jimmy just transformed into Tommy, choking, choking out Moray, who's I, a guy that I've never met before. I thought I was going to do bad only watching this once. <laughs> hands her the pistol, and then Karen's like, I can't lie kind of turned me on (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to ask you chandler in this scene like what like this is a like what did you think about that scene i thought it was i thought it was badass yeah i thought it was cool well no because i mean stuff like i feel like a lot in movies when stuff like that happens it's not in broad daylight in a a very nice neighborhood like that like you literally walk across the street guys polishing his pristine uh, mint condition Corvette, and these. <laughs> I thought they were going to talk a little bit more than that. I was like, "Oh, okay, we're going right to it." He's yeah, just no gonna, words needed. He's just going to beat the shit out of him. But I think that showed Karen how much he actually loved her and yeah. cared for her, and that's why they end. Up, I think that's when they switch to they fast forward to them getting married. Oh, the next right? scene is them getting married, yeah, right? But I mean, yeah, I think one of the things that so like. So intense, and there was a lot of stuff in this movie from screenings and stuff that they talked about being the movie being too violent, right? Yeah, so the, I oh, really, by I, this day and I age, disagree. Is, by, I, mean, I guess by standards, this day and age, yeah, it's it's mild, but like back then, it was like this is too violent. You can't have like this this stuff because most like mob movies, most stuff like that is like it's almost kind of like. You kind of like the guys. They're kind of like nice. You don't see the intensity. That moment where he goes up, beats Bruce, his two friends don't even move to help him. Right. Because this is a, a, a level of violence they've never experienced in their life. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to spoil anything because I have a feeling we'll do this movie at some point. Yeah. But the gruesome aspect uh, between this movie and The Untouchables, night and day difference. Like, there's so many, oh. gruesome, there's so many gruesome kills in The Untouchables. Which I like that one better than this one. Nobody, I don't I'm think. Sorry. There's no way anybody can hear that. There's no way that's getting picked up. Is it, it getting picked I up? I promise. Oh, it'll get picked I, up. I, I listen to the podcast every week. It'll get picked after up. it picks. It yeah, up. me too. It picks it up just Speaking fine. Of which, you should tell all your friends and family. <laughs> I know that we're an hour in, but I think that you. This should episode's going to run long because Riker and Mason are. No, I was gonna, I was actually going to start speeding us up because I, I I know that we are yeah. like we're taking time, but I think we we start to hit a point you know like a lot of the beginning is a, is a good base. Um, we get the we get those two jumping to get married uh, from him beating the shit out of her neighbor Bruce, uh, <laughs> which is very funny. Then the, then she meets everybody at the like so he has a wedding and nobody's there really. Like if you you notice, it's just yeah. his normal family, and then we jump to the reception hall, and it's this gigantic reception hall with literally everybody we've met in the movie so far, and they're all bringing money, giving paying homage. She's getting introduced to everybody, which is what you were talking about earlier, where yeah. she said everybody's named Polly or Peter, and then and they're and they're married to a girl named Maria. Every single one of them, and that's and not, their daughters are named Maria. Yeah, that's not yeah, not wrong at all. And the, and she says, I think I met like a half dozen Peters and mm-hmm. a half dozen Pauls the whole time. And every and then she asked a question like, Oh, do we need to worry about the money? And he's like, No, not, no, here. not here. Absolutely not. Yeah. 
so it, it's it's just kind of like everybody's like like welcome to the family kind of thing mm-hmm. so it, it we we jump to to that point um then we have uh oh the mother-in-law the mother-in-law is not <laughs> having any of the uh <laughs> I actually made a note about yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. What do you got on the mother-in-law? I mean, it, it, it's nothing crazy, but I just thought it was hilarious that... Yeah. Uh, um, oh, shit. So, Karen... I lost it. Where'd Karen it and the family are up late watching TV because Henry isn't home, and the mother-in-law is losing her mind that he's not home, and she doesn't... And Karen, <laughs> that's, that's right. Karen doesn't care at all, and she's like, she's like, don't tell me how to feel, and she's like freaking out. They're yelling at each other, and then then we cut hours later. It's dark in the house. They're all kind of falling asleep the in these fu- chairs. The dad's dead asleep. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, her mom, Karen and her mom, as soon as the car pulls up, they jump out of yep. their seats. Dude, that, that, the dad reminded me of great grandpa Mike. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. <laughs> he, just, he just sits there. And Daddy! He's <laughs> <laughs> not a care in the no, world. No, no, fuck no. Oh, shit. Oh. Where were you, Henry? What was going on, Henry? The, the only the other note that I had before yeah. I know we're gonna Those move, roll back a little bit. We're, yeah. Well, no, we're just gonna. I know we're gonna keep moving along here, but I just wanted to say I had a note here. This movie had some of the best soundtrack music. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's what. Yeah, yeah. I moving, was, moving from decade to decade, it was perfect. They couldn't I mean, have picked better songs. I was telling Mason opinion. that Martin Scorsese, as they were like writing the movie and the script. He would write down notes of the songs that he wanted for each scene. Yeah. So, like, he would like, oh, I already want this. Like, there was like, at one point, um, so there was the scene later on in the movie where Jimmy is looking at Maury and they play Cream, and they're writing the scene, and he looks over at Nick and he's like, hey, write down uh, Cream. He's like, what? He's like, just write down Cream, and like, he's like, okay. And then later on, he figured out, he's like, oh, he was telling me the name of a fucking song that he wanted. Like. <laughs> He's like he was already like in the he he saw the scene in his head as we were yeah. writing it and and decided that would be the perfect song for it. So it was just kind of wild. So we're gonna j- jump past the there's a hostess party. Mm-hmm. He explains to Karen that guys that go to jail want to go to jail yeah. because they they're falling asleep in the getaway car. Uh, then Tommy, <laughs> Tommy, this is another scene I, I wanted to touch on. It's just quick, right? Tommy and and uh, very, and Henry very quick are robbing a. Uh, robbing a truck and Tommy pulls the guy out of the truck and is like yelling at him and like slamming him against the truck and stuff and he's got a gun in a bag and I just I wanted to point out we see Jimmy earlier in the movie he's robbing a truck yeah. he's like very calm yep. he tips the guy the, Tommy is losing his damn mind <laughs> yeah. pulling the guy out gonna beat the shit out of him screaming at him and then like that like it's just like a complete like different change yeah. yeah to like it's so violent in comparison to like what what Jimmy would have done so then we skip a little bit further. We, we, we got the search warrant. Karen's just kind of used to it. She's just sitting watching TV at this point because everybody's got it. Then we got, so she, she asked Henry a little bit later for money. And, it, and the way she asked, he's like, how much money you need? And instead of saying a number, she, she motions a she, stack. Yeah, she motions in height, like with her fingers. And it's just like, who, who does that? Like, I thought that was like a wild thing. Just like what the heck yeah and I, I there was one thing i wanted to point out too so in, in the scene where with the warrant um there's a little girl there that was actually lorraine's kids so like lorraine uh oh, Bracco, care yeah care who plays karen yeah. oh those are her kids yeah like when they oh, when shit. we see the kids in the movie mm-hmm. those are actually her kids because huh. she 
told she told Martin when they were filming. She's like, Karen wouldn't be able to get a babysitter all of the time. Yeah. Uh, so like, if she's going to doing some stuff, she might have her kids with her. So like, later on, she goes and uh, and and you know screams at uh, at Henry's uh, his his girlfriend because uh, oh. he's cheating on her. Those are her kids, and it's like she can't get a babysitter, so she's gonna bring them and start screaming in the intercom and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, like, so like that that was interesting that like those are her kids in the in the movie. Huh. Um, and then uh, yeah, the, the then we kind of we skip a little bit of time. We go to 1970. So we were in um, 1963. We jumped to 1970, and we are at a a bar, which we find out is Henry's bar, and it's Billy Batts's party because he just got out of jail for like he's been away for six years. You're smiling I don't like a. Wanna, the last time I explained a scene, I fucked it up. <laughs> I said he got hit no. with a rifle. Timmy, Tom, Murray. Please, please, please explain the Billy Bat scene because I've right. been talking so much and so, I need to shut up. Uh, the scene is they all come into the bar. Billy Bats is at the under, other end of the bar and they're walking in. And Billy Bats is in prison and he sees uh, Joe Pesci, Tommy, correct? Tommy is Joe Tommy, Pesci. Okay. Tommy is I, Joe Pesci. I'm yes. so better at their act, their actual name. Anyway, he sees Tommy come in, and he's like, "Oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a minute. How you doing?" And you know, Tommy's like, ah, "Fuck, I don't want to talk to this guy." And he's like, "Oh, hey, Billy." You know, gives him a hug, and he goes, "He's like, oh, what, what what's wrong? You know, I've been locked up. You know, I haven't seen you. You don't want to see me. And you know, basically tell me to go fuck myself." And he's like, "No, it's just, you know, it's, it's it's been a long time." And Billy was is telling his friends about how Tommy, when he was a kid, used to like shine these shoes so bright, like the, the light would reflect off of it. And Tommy goes, "Yeah, Billy, well, a lot's changed since you've been locked up. I don't know if you noticed, but he pretty much took that as an insult. Yeah. Oh, immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, they're just talking back and forth, and Billy's like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm just busting your balls. You know, relax. Yeah, I just got out of prison. Here. Yeah, I'm just busting your balls." And and Tommy's like, yeah, well, you know, sometimes I don't know if you're joking or not. And they keep going back and forth while well, the argument starts to get heated. So Billy is like, yeah, well, how about you grab your fucking shine box? There it is. And and, and Tommy <laughs> freaks the fuck out. And he calls him like a mutt motherfucker. And like yep. Henry and... Um, he does it a couple times. He, he uses yeah. the term mutt a few times. Yeah. And I think it's because he's pure-blood Italian, yeah. which is, I think is another funny thing, because he's talking about, like, being prejudiced against people, and he's, like, he's yeah. calling people mutts and stuff. Like, it's it's a perfect, just, like, example of, like, Tommy being, like, I don't know, the opposite of what he, like, he's like, oh, you, everybody should be like this to me, but I, I yeah. can do whatever I want. So, um, Henry and um, Jimmy, Jimmy? kind of tell uh, Tommy to get out, you know, cool off, him and his girlfriend leave. And uh, Billy's sitting there talking to uh, Henry and uh, Jimmy, and he's like, whoa, did I do anything wrong? And Jimmy's like, oh, they kind of insulted the man a little bit. He's like, ah, I didn't insult him. And he's like, oh, you did a little bit. <laughs> well, it cuts to a couple hours later. The bar's dead, and you see Tommy walk in. And immediately, Henry looks over, and uh, Billy's still sitting there at the bar. And... Um, fuck. Jimmy. Jimmy. I'm so sorry. I Jimmy runs over to the door, locks it, and nope. then, or no, it was Henry that locked the door. Oh my god! Sorry, dude. Henry runs over favorite and locks movie. the door. One of his favorite movies. One of his favorite movies. It is. I'm sorry. Henry goes over and he, he locks missed, the door. He, he missed the spaceship on Predator last week too. <laughs> the first, true. the first he, thirty seconds he of the, the movie. That is true. Sorry, guys. Henry goes over and locks the door, and immediately, like as soon as uh, Tommy hits Billy. Tommy and Jimmy both start jumping him like with an instant. Like Jimmy kind of knew what was going from the jump, so they start jumping Billy, and uh, 
uh, Henry doesn't really throw in a hit. Henry just kind of stands there no. and watches. That's actually something that I noticed throughout the movie as I was watching it. <clears throat> he didn't kill anybody. Hen- no, he didn't. Henry didn't kill anybody, but he also doesn't get violent with anybody. No. Like, he doesn't strike anybody except for dudes that mess with his women. So he or beats, his women. Right. He beats. Yeah. <laughs> well, he does kind of throw Karen around a little bit. But yeah. uh, so well, he, she had a. Never mind. He beats up Bruce. <laughs> I won't. Yeah. Jump ahead. He beats him viciously, and then Janice, his girlfriend later in the movie, he beats her boss up because she's like oh, yeah. getting in trouble at work. And that's like that's really like the the only two times we see Henry actually like beating somebody and like fighting, which I thought was interesting. Fun fact uh, about that um, the Billy Bat scene. So mm-hmm. uh, Frank Vincent uh, had back surgery before the Billy Bat scene. So Frank Vincent was Billy Bats. He had had surgery like a month or so before. So uh, he was like they <laughs> they cut. When he was on the ground, they only filmed him one time on the ground, and mm-hmm. then the rest of the time, it was, the it, was uh, it was actually the stunt coordinator for the Sopranos uh, later on. I mean, because obviously Sopranos wasn't a yeah. thing then, but yeah, later on, uh, Pete uh, Bukosi, I believe, uh, was uh, was the guy on the ground getting beaten regu- like over and over again. Uh, so I thought that was uh, that was like funny because like he wasn't even like <laughs> he wasn't even there for the most part. So yeah, like he they, we got Billy Bats getting the the crap kicked out of him. And then we, uh, oh gosh! And then we, I think we cut to, uh, oh, there's there's a well, really there's a really funny line at the end of that where they clean everything up, and like Henry's like, "What the fuck was that about? Why did that happen? Yeah. Why did that have to happen?" And then he they're getting ready to wrap they're wrapping Billy bats up in a couple of like, uh, of like. Oh gosh, uh, like tablecloth. Tablecloths. Yeah. Thank you. He's, he's yeah. I've, I you couldn't remember gun, rifle, Jimmy, Tommy. I couldn't remember tablecloth. I appreciate you. He, right he remembers that. Oh my god. <laughs> so the ta- they're wrapping up a tablecloth, and meanwhile, Tommy is looking at Henry. and He goes like, "I didn't want to get blood on your floor." And like it was like, "What the shit?" Yeah. And he looked like he was about ready to cry. Yeah. And I was like, "What is this psycho's like just emotional state?" Um, and then we like we end up with late night breakfast at uh, Tommy's house. They stop over at Tommy's house. Well, here's where we find not to not yeah, to not to backtrack, but here we find out who was in the trunk the whole time in the beginning of at the, the movie. beginning yes, of the true. movie. Yeah, I mean, absolutely backtrack because we don't know, and that's them loading Billy bats into the back of that yeah, trunk. Yeah, cuts right. to the first scene of the movie yep. where they're all sitting in the car and they hear the banging on the trunk. Yep. Yep. So. So yeah, we're we're cut. We we go to Tommy's house and they're like, "He's like quiet. Don't want to wake my mother up." It's actually his mother wakes up. That's actually Martin Scorsese's mother. Yeah, in yeah, real yeah, life, yeah, yeah. she's in a couple of his movies. And actually, another fun fact: his mother and his father were constantly on set because he 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 said that on some of his movies where they did like mobsters and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that they were the only people that could get the colors ironed right. So like he, so like he's like, I want them around because they do it right. Everybody else fucks it up. And they, I I watched like some of the behind the scenes stuff. There was a scene where he was like looking at um, Kid Henry's like outfit, and he's mm-hmm. like talking about. He's like, oh, we don't have any, uh, we don't have any like uh, pins for the oh, for the collar. Yeah. Keep it straight, you know. We don't have anything for that. And like he's like kind of like getting on like freaking the, out. Yeah, he's like, we should we should definitely have that. Get that right yeah. now. And like it's like he's like we don't have a pinky ring or like like any number of things. Like he's just trying to like. He's like very like he wants everything to be perfect, which kind of goes into it. Yeah. So that we're sitting at dinner, or sorry, not dinner. We're having very early morning breakfast. Uh, clearly, they had a full blown. This woman made a full blown meal at like two in the morning. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't worry, I'll fix you something. I'll fix you something. There's only one person we know that could do that. <laughs> you know who it is, Grandma. Yes. This full blown meal. 
Two <laughs> no, in the I'll morning. make it something small. I'll make it something small. <laughs> <laughs> With a dead body in the driveway. Well, yeah. well then, um, Tommy asked uh, asked his mom if he can borrow a knife because yep. he said he hit a deer and he's got to cut the, uh, the the paw the the, hoof, the thing the, the, yeah. And Robert, so like that's actually another thing that they like they talked about when they were filming this thing. The studio said take that scene out. It's just slow. It slows down the whole movie. We don't want that scene. And it the, everybody in the test audience said we really like that yeah. scene. And they were like oh I guess we'll we'll keep it. But the the hoof thing was actually like one of the takes was like. Uh, Pesci couldn't remember couldn't remember the line. He couldn't remember the what the hoof was. I heard that was improvised. Yeah, and Robert De Niro was like, "Yeah, the hoof, the hoof." The and hoof. everybody freaking loved it. They all loved that like his, that scene. And then she, uh, she tells a the like tells a joke that would be better in Italian. Yeah, and they just like go on a little bit more. And she shows her painting, and then I they like, like that dog. That one's going west. That yeah, going it's west. just like all this weird stuff. <laughs> and then like there's like, ah, oh, I think we recognize like that guy's got white hair, like somebody else we know. And there's like, oh. Yeah. He does talking about Billy Bats yeah. in the freaking car. And we zoom in on the trunk and then we get back on the road. And then they kill Billy Bats again because he thought he was dead. Still and alive. Surprise, still still alive. alive. And then yeah, so they end up burying the body, but we find out that Billy was untouchable, which means you gotta get permission before you uh, you go after an untouchable person. Otherwise, you're dead. Like if you touch an untouchable, you're gonna get killed. So that was a big, 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 big mistake on their part. Um, so we, we jump a little bit more. We get introduced to the girlfriends and then we go to Polly's house where Polly asks about Billy bats for the first time. He's like, Hey, you went in with that person. Uh, they kind of, they go a little bit farther. And he's just like, I don't know anything about it. He came into the bar one night and then he was gone. It disappeared. Nobody knows where he went. And it was like very clearly Henry, if he just disappeared at the bar, I think we all know where, where he's at. So that's why Polly's asking yeah. him. And Polly likes Henry. He's not one to like think that Henry would do anything like that. So I think he's just kind of like he's like, okay, well, keep your eyes out, because he's like he's like, there's no way Henry did it because we all know Henry's kind of a sissy. Yeah, I want to say sissy, but you know he but hasn't. I mean, he doesn't get very violent. Yeah, he hasn't gotten violent, right? So like he hasn't done anything. Um, so then we go, uh, <laughs> we go to Maury uh, in an, in another scene, busting somebody's balls about money. Which funny if we jump back to the scene that you were talking about earlier. In that scene, he distinctly says, "Do I ever? Jimmy's busting my balls with yeah, the money. I, I, never, ever bu- yeah. I never bust anybody's balls about money like he does." Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then the rest of the movie, yeah. Maury is busting everybody's balls about money for the rest of the freaking movie, and it just keeps coming up and it's coming up. And then they just like in that scene, the same scene, it's just like him talking about like Jimmy owes, owes me twenty k. And then we scoot down the bar a little bit, and Jimmy's talking to Henry. He's like, "We gotta move that body. You know that thing? We yeah. gotta move it." He's like, "What?" Polly was just asking me about that. And they got to move that body. So they go dig up this body that's halfway decomposed. Yeah. And Henry starts getting sick because it's freaking disgusting and falling apart. Uh, yeah, it was six months later, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, so then Karen, like, then we cut to them. He's he's actually washing out his car. And the only reason I bring up this scene is because Karen walks past with the kids. And this would be one of the only things we ever see, like, Karen witness. Like, as, like, part of, like, the like she, he's cleaning out his car, which is, like, like bad like uh, up until this point this is the first time we see her and interacting with like any mob shit so she might have an idea of what happened Mm -hmm. she might know that there was a body in the back of their car um and then we you know jump to the girlfriend's apartment we get introduced to sandy for the first time and then we 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 get to a point which is one of the more pivotal pivotal moments in the movie uh it's another death scene or actually not a death scene we get a initially we get introduced to spider 
who is this kid getting them all drinks and they're all playing poker they're they're getting drinks i think this might be one of my favorite oh scenes, yeah for yeah. sure do you Which, want you want to explain it you haven't explained a scene go ahead yeah go I ahead did, i mean go for i it. probably don't remember all the details you do it. fuck it up as bad but as the, I yeah. but, well, <laughs> there's no way that's there's, probably true <laughs> but um there's probably what they're playing poker or whatever yep and uh spiders the bartender i guess or yep, whatever just kind of getting drinks you know, for whatever. Guys. yeah and uh i can't remember what makes him get joe pesci's character tommy pissed off initially i think tommy was just kind of getting a getting a rise out it, of him more than anything i think it was because spider didn't uh, he goes oh i thought you said no you're all right spider and he's like no i didn't say you're all right and that's right yeah that's what he said but dude i did not expect him to uh get pissed off and shoot him, shoot in, the him damn in the foot, foot yeah. dude like i was like oh shit so the actor uh who played him is michael imperioli who plays in the Sopranos? so there's uh, like he said the stunt guy who played as uh billy bats was a stunt coordinator for the sopranos yeah there's of character been a works. lot of characters in this movie that play in the sopranos like karen she is um i can't think of his name off the sopranos uh, it's the main guys um tony yeah, it's Tony's uh, shrink or psychiatrist. Oh, okay, that's that's uh, Courtney or what's it, is, what's her name? The uh, name? It's it's Lorraine. Um, gosh, I forget it. It's Lorraine Bracco. Yeah, Lorraine Bracco is Tony's shrink in The Sopranos. But anyway, yeah. Um, go on with what you were saying about the scene. Shoots him in the foot. But he did. Yeah, he shoots him in the foot, and um, I think that's the first part of the scene. There's a second yeah, part. So we actually have but, a scene in between. That like because there's a little bit there's yeah. a little bit of time, but at, at the very end of that scene, one of the things that cracks me up every time is that they're dragging Spider out, and Spider's like, "I think all the bones are shattered," <laughs> and and Tommy without missing a beat's like, he's like, "Don't get me upset, Spider. Don't get me upset." Like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, he just shot him in the foot, but he's telling him not to get yeah. him upset because he's talking about how he got shot in the foot. It's 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 nuts. The the guy is a f- fucking he's nuts. a hothead. Um, so yeah, we end up with that. Then we jump from uh, we go to Karen knows about the girlfriend. She finds out. So that she, he's no, been she's, re- she's yelling at uh, at Ray Liotta about like yeah. the, the girlfriend, and she's like, "I know." She throws the keys going out the window. Out yep. <laughs> and then we end up with Spider again in the in the basement, and he's got a cast on his foot, and he's like dragging ass. Mm-hmm. So obviously, he's got his cast on, and he gets over the table, and Tommy's like, "Ah, but you can still dance with that fucking thing," because he was just talking about him dancing. Mm-hmm. That's how he got shot. And he's he's like just kind of like don't get on my nerves, Spider. Don't get on my nerves, kind of thing. And Sp- Spider says, "Why don't you go fuck yourself, Tommy?" And everyone that, at the poker table is like, favorite, "Whoa, that is for sure my favorite part." That's what I was. And, yeah. And Jimmy is just like, "Oh, yeah." He goes, "You gonna Jimmy, let him talk to you like that?" Jimmy actually tips him. Yeah. yeah. And, like, this and, is for you, and, Spider. And Tommy goes. Why the, f- why the hell you tip him? And he goes, he goes, you shoot your foot off. And he says, he, go fuck yourself. He says, go fuck yourself. You shoot him in the foot. He tells you to go fuck yourself. It's like the, it's the funny. It's like it is. Head is the funniest thing so, in the world. I don't know if you noticed in that scene. You can see Tommy just sitting there, just smoldering in anger. Like he's just sitting there, just yeah, fucking. I didn't, I didn't notice that at first, but I didn't expect him to oh, yeah, blow so, his ass away either. So, so actually, in that scene, he shoots Spider. And Spider dies. It's 71 minutes into the movie, mm-hmm. and we've got our second death. Um, and it's and during that scene, the actor flies back into the bar. Yeah. During that shot, he hits his hand on the bar, 
and breaks a glass and cuts Cut. his hand. Yep, he cuts his hand, and he had to be taken to the hospital after they shot the finish shooting the scene. One of my favorite quotes during that whole scene was when everyone's like, "Great," or Frank was like, "Great fucking game, great game," and then, <laughs> and then uh, fucking um, oh, Jimmy is like, he goes, "Well, you fucking shoot the guy," and then Tommy goes, oh, "What do you want me to say? I'm a good shot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a good shot." And then he's like, "Well, you're digging the fucking hole." He's like, "Okay, I, I'm not like I haven't digging holes before. I'll dig the fucking hole." So from there we jump. We got Karen uh, is like screaming at the uh, the intercom at Janice's mm-hmm. apartment, um, like yelling and letting everybody know in the world that you know there's you know she's a whore. <laughs> a the, whore. the woman that lives whore. in this apartment is a whore. Her Brooklyn accent. Oh my and god. And then then Karen threatens to kill Henry. She's on top of him in the bed, like with a gun in his face, which she, is a great she shot. She legit pulls a gun on. She's oh, got yeah. a gun in his face, and she's like she's she, when the actress was talking about the 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 scene itself. That again, that was her kids in that scene with the with the intercom and all that fun stuff so she immediately was talking in the like documentary piece about how her uh like when she was when she's doing all of that she uh <laughs> she's going through she's talking about how she's on top of henry and the way it's filmed is she's looking into the camera and when she's looking into mm-hmm. the camera she sees her own reflection she's like ah, i just yeah, hated it i couldn't yeah, do it it's gotta be crazy you can't you can't see yourself as an actor yeah. doing that stuff and then she goes <laughs> She goes at one point too during the scene. One of the takes, Henry knocks the gun out of her hand, or Ray Liotta knocks the yeah. gun out of her hand, and it flies across the set, hits the director of filmography in the head, and leaves a gigantic <laughs> knot on his forehead. Oh my god! And then I think she said the next time they worked together, she she bought him a helmet and, and brought it on set as like a, a joke. Um, so that that was fun. Just a little little bit of background there, and then we end up with Henry has to go home because he after that instant. He goes and he stays at his apartment yeah. with uh, with Janice for like the like he's for a couple of weeks and he doesn't go home and then we have Henry that like, gets approached by Polly and Jimmy and they say I you got to go home yeah. you can't you can't be here for this long you got to go back home to your family yeah. this, this isn't how this works you gotta you, you gotta let it go and uh, and and he says hey like, Polly's like hey you're supposed like Tommy and Jimmy are supposed to go pick up this uh, like pick up this thing in Florida you go yeah you go you take care of it I'll talk to Karen because I just this is another indicator of like that maybe there was something going on between Polly and Karen Mm -hmm. because Polly says I know how to talk to her I know just what to say to her I know exactly exactly how to talk you to her. You brought something up while we were watching that, but I, I, I'll let you save yeah. that for when you want to say it. No, but. I can. T- I'll talk about it now. There was a theory somebody had that uh, Karen actually, because she saw the the trunk getting washed out, that mm-hmm. she might know about the body about Tommy, so she might have gone to Polly and kind of given some information to Polly mm-hmm. about uh, about that, and that they like you know, and somebody else kind of theorized that they they might have been having an, like an affair. Like, yeah. that's what, like because he knows how to talk to her kind of thing. the way he says it is kind mm-hmm. of weird sends sends Ray Liotta's character away Henry to, like to get away for a little bit so there's the possibility in his head oh maybe she was like you know sleeping, sleeping around him, on yeah. him yeah but then we jump to Florida where they do one of the most obnoxious things that's ever happened I think in a mob movie where they're going to feed a man to a to lion for real lions, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so that guy goes and calls like it says oh, I need my money these guys are for real it <laughs> <laughs> turns out Turns out his sister is a typist for the FBI, and she turns in everybody, mm-hmm. and they all go to jail. Uh, that guy, in, including her brother, and then they end up. We end up in the scene where we have, Henry, like Henry is as going, and he's, <laughs> he's he's going like walking like around talking to everybody at the bar, and he's like saying he's going away. Tommy makes a joke about it. Karen saw like she's got tears that yeah. have been running down her face. So you actually see that Karen. Karen really cares. Actually, there's another part where 
Polly and Jimmy are trying to talk talk Henry into going back home, and and uh, Jimmy said, "Oh, he'll never, she'll never divorce him. Yeah, she she'll kill, kill him. She'll kill him before she divorces <laughs> yeah. him. Which is it's funny, just kind of like she loves him so much, she would rather kill him than have like than be away from yeah. him. Which is like insane like talk, but yeah, that's so she's losing it. Then <laughs> then Henry gets into the back of the car and says, "Now take me to jail." Yeah, yeah, it's just great. It's like it's a great line, and then. We get to the classic scene where they're making pasta in jail. They're like living like kings yeah, while everybody I else. I thought is. it was hilarious. Like you got these guys wearing ro- comfy robes, cooking yeah. steaks. Yeah, just it doesn't even look like jail. No, making yeah. sure they don't cut the onions or put too many. Don't onions put too in many the onions sauce. in the sauce. I'm not. I'm not. How many onions you got in there? Two cans. <laughs> Don't put three he in. Cut the garlic so thin. Yeah, which actually was on an episode of Binging with Babish. He made the sauce. Really? Yeah, and he like it's the the melt the 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 garlic being cut so thin to to Does make not. it melt. Yeah, it doesn't melt, uh. but it, it's it's a cool thing. So he's like, it's cool. So I did it anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was like a fun little thing that they they had in there, and then we start to see Henry selling drugs in jail, mm-hmm. and like you you kind of like oh it's you know that's shitty like he's selling drugs like that's not that's kind of a no-no kind of thing for gangsters that's kind of always what yeah. leads to the inevitable downfall yeah you know, karen's been sneaking him supplies into yeah we yeah. find out that karen's been sneaking the supplies that's when she's when she sees janet rossi's name on the in the roster yep she and she gets heated again like <laughs> why don't you ask her to bring this stuff for you yeah she's still... i don't know why she's whitey <laughs> she's jesus away from, from crazy Christian. nights yeah <laughs> So yeah, so she's she's mad. She's she's angry, and she's like, "You, you never bring up her name again." And he's like, "Never." And like, the, the, like so, like at that point, it's kind of like, "I'm never gonna see Janice again." Like that's that's what he establishes at that point. Yeah. And then we get another uh, we get another time jump, but like during that scene, she, Karen is like freaking out. She's like, "We don't have any money. We're yeah. on our own." It's kind of like this is this is rough. Uh, he's like, well, that's how it is when when we're away. We, like everybody else just kind of goes away, and then, like you just have to take care of yourself, which is why this is how J- Henry justifies selling the drugs. Yeah, right. He has to sell the drugs to make money, um, and and they kind of like solidify their partnership again in that moment. Like this, okay, we're together. We got to mm-hmm. stick together to, to do this, and then we get another time jump. Uh, like I think it was like six. It was like a six year jump or something like that. It I think. Like it's, I think. It, or four. It was four oh, years. Okay. It said uh, four years later. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, he ends up getting out. He was supposed four, to get ten years. He gets. Yeah. He, he got, got ten years, but he got out in four. Yeah. So it was 1974 when he gets out, actually. And then Karen is picking Henry up, and mm-hmm. he gets home, and he sees that they're living in an apartment where there's bunk beds, and the bed is in the same yeah. room. And he's like, "Pack your stuff. We're getting out of here immediately." He refuses to live. He's like, like "I'm that. not living like this. No, no, no way." Which I think in this time of the movie, I, I you feel a shift. Like yeah. you can get, because when he explains to Karen, he's like, "Oh, when I get out, I have connections in Pittsburgh, and this is like that like second or third act of the movie where you can feel a a, a turn, at like a different tone of the movie. For me, it got more like anxiety inducing rather than like he's on top of the world, like nothing yeah. can stop. Well, him. he's that's why he starts stressing like crazy. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, and then we go immediately from from the house to Uncle Polly's, mm-hmm. and then immediately again, uh, Uncle Polly's warning him like, "Don't get in the drugs." I know you were doing this stuff in jail. No, 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 no. He was like, whatever you did in jail, you had to do what you had yeah. to do, but you're back here, don't mess don't with do it. Don't do it. I'm not messing with yeah. it. I'm not going to end up pinched because of you, Like, mm-hmm. so stop it. And then he says, don't... Like, he gives a warning about Jimmy, even. He's like, yeah. Jimmy's a good earner, but like he's, he's a hothead. And then he says, uh, Tommy is a is a good kid, but he's a he's a cowboy. Yeah. So he can stick, stay away. He's just kind of saying, stay away from those two. You're, if you do, you're going to be in danger. Um, 
so he's like oh he's yeah it's fine what I'll, I'll stay away from him and then immediately he's like i'm gonna stop selling drugs and i'll stay away from them and immediately is cuts to sandy uh cutting coke in her yeah. house uh, with him there and talking about pittsburgh being a great deal for him and he's he, we know immediately that he's <laughs> he's like I, I need to do this for money or at least that's what he's telling well, himself. He's, he's, I think he was making so much money that he's not going to turn down all this money. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of it, and then also like I think he was taking some of the money, oh, taking, yeah. taking some of the drugs to start. Yeah. So it's kind of like ah, keep doing this, <laughs> uh, get a little bit of get, get, get a little bit of taste here and there. I think uh, I just wanted to say no, I think out of all the songs in this whole movie, is my favorite was Rolling Stones' "Give Me Shelter." Oh, that was my yeah. favorite song in the whole entire movie. What? No, just, I, no, I know just, nobody cares. No, what my I didn't say you didn't care. Was in the Calm whole down. movie, it was a big thing. Martin Scorsese specifically picked these songs because he wanted to elicit yeah. reactions, and that's exactly what he did. It's great. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank you. I feel a part thank of you this. Thank you for your service. I really what feel is this? a part is this, of this. Is this like the seventh sentence he said during this whole thing? I think so. I feel like I've been talking like a maniac, so I apologize. It's fine. You're holding this episode together. Wait till it's my turn to come back around and pick a movie. I'm picking something that you... I'm going to try and pick something that you both haven't watched, and I'll do all the talking. <laughs> Please. All right. So in the last episode of this episode, I feel like I talk like a mofo, but I do do extensive doo-doo. I do do expen- <laughs> extensive research on these things. So, okay, so one thing I noticed, mm-hmm. I hadn't noticed before, the probation officer, when he's talking to Jimmy and Tommy, mm-hmm. he's, he's like, look at the money, and he's kind of showing him the money, and then they call Jimmy back. The probation officer is an actor from a, a very popular horror franchise. Did you notice it when we watched it? Mm-hmm. The probation officer that calls Jimmy back is uh, Tobin Hill from a little franchise called Saul. What the, is that? The main guy? Yeah, Saul. It's yeah, it's, it's the guy that plays Jigsaw. Huh. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's the probation officer. He just stands there, like <laughs> waves him in. He doesn't have a line at all. But that's it. I saw. I saw him. I was like, oh. it's kind of like a little bit later. The doctor in the in the one scene. He's in the wire. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. and, and he's also in. Uh, oh gosh, I forget the name. Uh, Cedar Rapids uh, movie. Like, where it's it's funny because he like. He actually like says, "Oh, I do a good impression of somebody from The Wire," which is hilarious because he's in The Wire. Anyway, um, so we got we we go to we we go to another scene where uh, we find out that uh, oh gosh, Jimmy owes Maury twenty k. He keeps bringing it up. He brings it up to to Henry. He's just kind of like, "I want to do this job because Jimmy already owes me money. I want to mm-hmm. do this." If I this he's talking talking about the Lufthansa heist. So like this is like this is a big. It's gonna make make Air France look like a like a like nothing. Like it's it's gonna be the the best thing in the world. And so they're talking about the Lufthansa heist. And then uh, there, there's a breakdown of who's gonna do what uh, in the next scene. And then we cut to uh, the Luf- Lufthansa heist uh, is being reported on the news. Uh, or, sorry, it's I guess on the radio yeah. while Henry's taking a shower and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. he's like freaking out. All they did excited. it. They pulled it off." Yep. And he, the news reporter's like, "Oh, it could be five million, could be six million. Yeah, he's freaking like, out. Yeah. The, the local police are saying two million. The, yeah. the FBI is saying four million. Yeah. And it turns out that it's six million dollars and it's the biggest heist in U.S. history. And it's crazy. And then we get to the uh, the Christmas party, which is the uh, where we see a bunch of very 
dumb spending after Jimmy yeah. explicitly said, don't spend the money. <laughs> right. And then we end up with the, the one guy, uh, I believe his name is Johnny uh, Roast Beef. Johnny Roast Beef and his wife show up in a pink coupe that they've just purchased for a wedding gift. My wife loves this coupe. Yeah. yeah, I bet she does. And, he's, and Jimmy's, Jimmy is fuming. And then, and then shortly thereafter, Frankie comes in with his wife, who's wearing a $20,000 mink coat. And he is like, you guys are out of your fucking minds and he's like super mad then maury comes up and he's asking for like he starts to try to get to jimmy to ask for money he's like where's my, my where's my cut where's my cut where's my well, cut because i thought murray came up with the idea that like i thought he was the guy who planted the idea he did he was and the he one that he's just, he brought it he brought it up he yeah. was part of the the part of the thing he was like the last one to get paid yeah i would say i would say that he he, he hadn't gotten paid and he was he was hoping to get that money <laughs> And then Henry Henry actually like walks out, gets a little bit of a taste from Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy gives him some money, like, "Hey, you, you, you know, brought this to me because I think Jimmy or Henry probably brought Maury to him." Yeah, I think that's, him about th- it. that's what the like the him talking about the twenty k mm-hmm. thing that was him like kind of putting the seed in his head. And then we <laughs> then we uh, have Maury asking about money, and this is all over the place again. And then we start into a murder fest. <laughs> I was gonna say this is where shit hits. Fun. Oh yeah, yeah. We start hitting the fan because uh, we end up with Stax Edwards, who is a very young um, Samuel Jackson, yes. unknown relatively at that point. I think he had maybe done a couple other movies up until that I think point. That was his first big break. Yeah, this is a probably his first big movie, um, and he gets killed in his apartment because he had messed up and does a thing that gets mentioned earlier in the movie. He got high and went to his girlfriend's house and left the getaway car out and about instead of taking care of it. So he, you know, the thing that Henry said earlier, the guys that go to jail are the ones that yeah. like stay, fall asleep in the getaway car. Yeah. Didn't fall asleep in the getaway car, but close enough, asleep, you know? Yeah. yeah. And he didn't get, like, so there were fingerprints inside the car and they knew they were going to get him. So Tommy comes in and boom, 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 or well, one boom in the back of the head yeah. kills Stax and delivers a great line to Frankie as as because he was making coffee. He's like, "Take it to go," and then Frankie's holding it <laughs> as he's walking out. Thing. He's got to be the uh, Frankie or uh, uh, Carbone, one of the funniest guys in this movie. Yeah, absolutely, oh, such an idiot. Absolutely, and, so, and we we get, we get Stax getting shot, and then um, we got. Uh, t- Tommy. Which, which, how many movies actually have Samuel Jackson die? die. Yeah. Well, I mean, Deep Blue Sea. And then there's oh my <laughs> God, Django. you're gonna come out with that. All right. I, point I proven. Hey, you got it. I like that was the first thing I thought well, of. Well played. I forgot about Deep Blue Sea. That's a good movie. <laughs> it's, uh, also, Django. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I could go on. I'm just gonna stop talking. <laughs> no. Oh, I love yeah. it. No, so, so I'm, I'm just trying to fly. I'm trying to go a little faster because I was being slow. Um, and we get Tom. We find out that Tommy's going to be made because Henry actually comes to the bar. He's like, well, "What the hell's going on?" Like, kind of mm-hmm. figure out like people are getting killed because of this thing, and and Maury's constantly asking for money and stuff like stuff like that. And then we find out that Tommy walks in. He's like, "Hey, it's all good. It's all good." Because he found he found out he's going to get made, and they're like they're so excited for Tommy. They're like, "Yeah, cool. Tommy's going to get made. We're all going to be great." Everything's gonna be fine, and then Maury comes and in asking for money again. For the yep. people that don't know, or maybe forgot from the beginning of the episode, being made pretty much means you're gonna end up being a boss. You're untouchable, yeah. right? Yeah. So. so everybody, you have to. Get, people have to get like permission to be able to hurt you if that's if the, if they want to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great. He's excited. He's gonna be he's gonna be made. Uh, so and then we get to a scene shortly after. 
uh, that scene that I was talking about earlier where Jimmy is looking at Maury, who has been annoying the shit out of him, and they start to play the song Cream. And uh, and it cuts to to Henry and Jimmy talking as they're walking. He's like, I think Maury tells his wife everything. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and Henry's like immediately like, well, I knew he's, that Maury's yeah. going to get killed at that moment. So he... He's like, ah, you know, Maury runs his mouth all the time. Nobody believes runs him. Runs his mouth so much that no one believes yeah. the bullshit that he says. Yeah, trying to, I think, save his wife because yeah. he knows his wife will die. If, if it, his wife has nothing to do with any of this. No, so he, he immediately is like, no, 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 don't worry about it. He's, 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 you know, he just talks and talks and nobody nobody cares. So they go, they, they bring them all, at, like, all together. They're having another poker game and... Henry is like panicking. He's talking about how he's like, oh, God, I, I was worried. Though. I'm just stalling for time trying to make sure that he doesn't mm-hmm. die. Then Jimmy turns to him and says, yeah, you know that thing? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So he, at that point, he's saying that he's not going to kill. He's he's for sure, Maury is going to be okay. So he's like, oh, thank God. And he, he's like, it was like a weight was lifted off his shoulder. But then shortly thereafter, after Henry's gone, Maury gets stabbed in the Maury back of the, the head talk. with an ice. Yeah. Yeah. He, he starts asking about money and busting, busting balls. And uh, he... <laughs> He's he gets in the car and he's talking about shaving points and stabbed in the back of the head with an ice pick, and it's it's just such a good scene. Like Maury's running his mouth, he never Non-stop. shuts up. And then finally, there's a deafening silence because he's jammed an ice pick yeah. in the back of his brain. Tommy, or, yeah, Tommy has killed mm-hmm. another person from the Lufthansa heist, and we've got Frankie, <laughs> Frankie in the car, and and Jimmy's in the car, and Jimmy's like, get, get chop him up, get rid of him, and stuff like that. And, and Frankie goes to get out of the car, and Tommy's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, oh, "I thought you were chop him up. him up." He's like, "Not here." <laughs> They're just, uh, just Frankie is so fucking funny. He's so funny. So then he sits in the car and he just turns it on and lets it sit. And Tommy's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, it's cold." He's like, the engine's cold. He's like, "Get the hell out!" Yeah. He's like freaking out. God, it's such a, oh man, it's such a good like moment. But that again, that just kind of leads into us uh, to this move. Bell comes looking for for Maury. Then Jimmy messes with the cops. Like mm-hmm. it, when Henry goes look goes find Jimmy, he's like, what, "You killed him? Like is that what you did?" And he's like, "Yeah." What do you want me to tell everybody? He's like, "I don't give a shit." Tell yeah. them he ran off. Whatever. And then uh, Jimmy messes with the cops, and then we get the the big uh, Layla scene where all yeah. of the like the the they actually shot every one of the shots in that scene with the with the song playing it, like on set so they could get the timing down mm-hmm. on the on the shots and then we're getting a reveal after reveal of dead body after dead body first is uh is Johnny Roast Beef and his wife uh they were killed off camera but they were uh in the pink cat mm-hmm. or like pink coop that they pulled up to the bar end yeah they were in the bar end that Jimmy was very upset about them having yes. and then Frenchie and Joe Buddha are found in a dumpster uh, they're just in the trash, and then Frankie Carbone, who is the, the funniest dude in the man, mink coat, yeah. yeah, the mink coat, uh, he gets frozen to death in a uh, in a meat truck, and that's kind of like everything kind of has like this a poetic like like meaning to their yeah. like their death. Very mobster ass. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's it's very like fun, and they talk about how Tommy was. Or sorry, Frankie was frozen solid for two days. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> before they yeah before they could actually do the autopsy. Um, so let me get a little bit, uh, get a bit farther in. We've we're we're going to see um, Tootie is pick, picking up uh, Pesci's character uh, Tommy. To he's going to be made. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've seen Tootie in like a very long time because he's at the cab stand all the time, and we're never really at the cab stand anymore. So we we jump to the point where we have. Um, 
them in, they're in the car jimmy and henry are like waiting in the diner talking and jimmy is super excited that tommy's gonna be made it's gonna be mean so much better like better shit for for all of them <laughs> if shut that cat up babe. i can't shut the cat up she wants to eat it's food time for the cat so speaking of food time for cats uh so we get to the point where Tootie has taken Tommy into like this house where they like, and he's Tommy's asking like, "Do you remember when you were made?" And he's like, oh, "They're talking to him, and they're, they're yeah. just like, this is, yeah, yeah, they're just going through things." And and then we see Tommy walk into this empty room, and he immediately knows what's going on, and he goes, "Ah, oh, shit!" And he's shot in the back of the head, yeah. and he's dead. And that's our last kill of the movie. That is the last. Like, so then it goes into Henry talking about um, they they ended up finding out that uh, Tommy did kill Billy Bats, and that was revenge for Tommy killing Billy Bats. Yeah, which is again, like I said, the, the I think that Paulie would have been the only person that could have known yeah. that that was going to happen. And I didn't see that was coming. To be honest with you, I didn't think Joe Pesci was going to die. To be honest with really? you, really, I didn't pick up on it. I guess, huh? He just carried the cat away, like. Did he throw it? Oh my god. Riker. Did you throw the cat? <laughs> no, I set her down downstairs and she skittered away. It was, it was like, noise. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> no. So yeah, it's we're Oh my god, she's back. She's back for more. No, so she, what's so, what's her name? Saya. Saya. What the hell? Making a second appearance on the podcast. This time she's not trying to put her butt on the recorder. So <laughs> we go through Tommy getting shot. Jimmy's upset. He's crying. And then uh, we hit one of the best scenes in, like, I think filmmaking, or I guess series of scenes in filmmaking, Last Day as a Wise Guy. Yeah. Which is just a series of scenes of Ray Liotta just losing his mind trying to get through the day. And everything, I think we've, we've talked about it a couple times everything is just made to seem intense during yeah. the whole thing it's like the whole like sh- there's been a Cooking shift in the whole thing and the suppressors yeah and- everything has the same level of importance and he's like doing all these things that he doesn't want to do like he's taking he's taking his uh he's taking his taking these guns over to jimmy's house and jimmy like he's like and he knows that jimmy doesn't want the guns yeah and he's like oh jimmy's not gonna care he doesn't want these fucking yeah. guns but i gotta take them over anyway because he's gonna make the decision he doesn't want them and then yeah. i gotta get rid of it and so like he's like he's like i know i'm gonna be stiff for these fucking guns and he's like he's angry and then we have uh, we have like him he's gotta pick up his brother and he's being chased by this helicopter and he's just paranoid the entire time ray liotta actually said that some some people that had used coke previously mm-hmm. came to him <laughs> Like, like they've come to him and 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 said multiple times like I we I've watched this I've I watched this scene if I ever feel an urge to 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 have again. Yeah, to try it again because of this this makes me like I it makes me remember the like the paranoid yeah. terrible feeling that you have and it's 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 crazy to me like, just like like the, like he <laughs> nails it so accurately and then so we go through the whole day this fucking cat yeah I know. She's driving me nuts. You would think that Carol would have fed her by now, but who knows? Jesus. <laughs> so we we have uh, we got like we got this whole scene. We have 
one of your favorite characters in the whole movie. It's the uh, the babysitter that he's got working for him. Oh, no, you guys, of all people, I hate this bitch. <laughs> we get introduced to her whenever, like a, a little bit earlier. He's talking about he's got everybody's working for him. Yeah. The babysitter's working for him. Everybody's working for him. And he gives he gets his brother and almost crashes his car. And, yeah. and there's a whole scene there. But then he gets his brother home and he's they're cooking right. And he's and, and she's in there. He's like, all right, I need you to like do this thing. Remember, you got to do this thing. He's yeah. talking to her. And he's told his brother to mix the sauce. It, and like again, everything is the same level of importance to him. The the guns earlier in the movie has mm-hmm. the same level as like making sure that the sauce, sauce is okay. Stir, don't let Karen touch it. Typical yeah. time. Which, which by the way is in Martin Scorsese's mother's sauce. Like apparently it was his mom's. Like yeah, like it was a very like he wrote that in there because like that would like happen at home. Like he's like yeah, it's okay. like you'd, you'd be cooking the sauce all day and you couldn't let it like burn if you yeah, like, mom, yeah. So it was like you always gotta you gotta stir the sauce. <laughs> so so that was a, like that was another thing that like they touched on. And then he's got to go to meet his Pittsburgh contacts. Yep. He's being chased by this helicopter all, all day, and he's just finally like freaking out after freak out. And then he calls the 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 babysitter at the house. It's like okay, you gotta make sure you don't call. You gotta make sure you don't call from the house. You gotta yeah. use an outside line, and immediately she's what like, she okay, do. and then yeah. she calls from the house. Yep, exactly. It's it's the like, and just kind of like if if they already weren't onto them, they would have had everything they oh, needed yeah. just from that. So they go through all of <laughs> all of this crap, and then we get to the end. They've eaten dinner. They've got like they've got the drugs that he's, he needs her to take with her, which he's met Sandy again, who's like out of her mind on drugs and refusing to do the dishes even though he is like there's a scene specifically where they show like so you gotta do the dishes there's coke everywhere he's yeah. like it's like no I don't like doing the dishes it messes up my nails he's like I bought you a dishwasher for yeah. no reason yeah and she, so she like so the the babysitter now tells him like oh I can't fly because I need my I need my I lucky need my hat lucky yeah. hat and he is like, I gotta find. I don't know what the fuck to do. I gotta take her to get her lucky hat. And he's like pissed about it. And then he goes. They go to leave, and he's in the driveway. And the cop shows up and puts a gun in his in his face and says, "Oh, but I, I set you up for it. You said it earlier. I know I did. I'm drawing blanks. I'm, I'm on this. What spot. the hell is I'm this like? Is, is this move, like stage? Is this don't like move, st- fucko, or I'll blow your brains out, or, or something crazy? But I, I, I know what Ray Liotta says." <laughs> Is this like stage fright or something for you? <laughs> yes. Got well, Ray Liotta in the background. You got <laughs> autistic. Fr- I don't know fr- what you want oh me to say. God, dude. No. So Ray Liotta. Ray, <laughs> Ray Liotta is like Henry. Jesus. He goes. Uh, oh I knew it was God. a cop because if it was a wise guy, I wouldn't have heard him, and I'd already been dead. And yep. he goes, "Wise guys don't talk like that. Only cops do." Yep. So uh, they end up taking them all down to the station. They're sitting in the station. And another funny quote is they're all sitting there and all these other cops come walking in with all this <laughs> baking, yeah, he's walking all the, all those all baking the equipment. unwashed equipment that hasn't been yeah. done. And he goes, what are you guys doing, baking a cake? Huh? <laughs> so he asks the guy, he goes, is it, is it the stuff? And he puts it and he goes, bye-bye, dickhead. <laughs> See you in Attica, dick. Uh, yeah, as, and then we, we it just it's the slow slow crumble of everything. Yeah, right? and we we during that arrest scene, Karen's washing or like throwing all the drugs on the toilet, getting rid mm-hmm. of all the evidence, and then we have like everybody being brought out, so you know everybody else is going to be talking because none of them, none of nobody else is no, a wise yeah. guy, right? So we have all of that fun stuff happening, and then we get uh, Ray Liotta in like like jail or getting ready to be sent away. Yeah, and. <laughs> And he's like, I like we like we need to like 
we need to get the we need to get the money because we I need to get out of here. Told his or, mom to put his put put Karen's mom's yeah. house on the market. Yep. to uh, pay uh, for his uh, bail for mortgage. Yeah, so that way they he, they could pay for his bail so he could get out because he's he could die in prison. Yeah. And uh, so he, he thought he was going to get whacked on the walk out from being bailed out. And then just, again, like he he's, he's goes looking for the drugs, doesn't have the drugs, can't sell them, so he doesn't have any money. And then I think Jimmy offered to like give money or something like that to Karen. Uh, they, she says that. He's like, you can't take Jimmy's money, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, eventually he, he goes to talk to Polly again. And Polly mm-hmm. says, that's it. I, that's all I got for you. And you he give him, like, what, like? Three thousand two hundred. No, it was thirty two hundred. Thirty two hundred bucks. Thirty two hundred bucks. And that's like all uh, all his entire life meant yeah. to him. As, as so he just feels like like shit because he's wiping his washing his hands of them. Yeah. And then we see Karen. Uh, like Karen and him are to, are together. Uh, like actually, like actually before that scene, we we see Ray Liotta's character fall asleep in his bed and he sleeps with a gun because mm-hmm. he's terrified that he's going to be killed at any moment. And uh, so then we get a scene with Karen and Jimmy, and Jimmy's like giving her money and stuff. He's trying to like get information out of her. Yeah, wants to know what she, what Henry's well, been asked. Jimmy's and stuff. worried too because if Polly finds out that Jimmy or yeah that Jimmy, Jimmy was also was, in on yep. it, I mean yeah, and then also he knows about the Lufthansa heist too, so he could give up that information too if yeah. he needed to. Um, so he's asking like, what, what does he know? What's he? And she's like, ah, oh, nothing. I don't know what's been going on. Yeah, and then in that moment, I think Jimmy sees an opportunity to try to kill Karen. Yep. And he tells Karen, "Hey, I got some dresses. You should go look at them. Right, take a look. They're down the street." And he like t- directs her, and she gets a bad feeling. And she like this is the first time she's like been scared, like like for her of the life. Mob, yeah, yeah. And she she's like ah, she turns away. And as we see her turning away to get to her car, we see the sign says "Don't walk." Mm-hmm. And there's one way. So if she would have gone that way, she would have died. Yeah, um, seemingly. So it's kind of some like like picturesque sh- mm-hmm. filmography there. And then we end up with Karen driving home, freaking out to Henry. Henry's like, what's wrong? And she answers like, the door with a gun in yeah, hand. Again, gun in hand. He's freaked out. And then they're immediately going uh, to the witness, witness protection. protection. Yeah. And, and they're <laughs> making demands. He's like, okay. like, I don't want to go to he's court. He's like, you don't get, you don't. He's like, well, if you're legitimately bronchial, Bron- we'll, we'll, consider, we'll it. consider it. <laughs> and then we have Karen. Karen's like, well, what, can I, what about my parents? Like, you going to see my parents? And yeah. she's like. He's like, no, you can't see your parents. You're gonna be gone. Yeah. He's like, well, you don't need me, right? He's like, well, if he's gone, the only other option to get to him is you. So, yeah. and he and and he's even like, I'm not gonna do this if if the kids and you and the kids aren't coming. Mm-hmm. And so, so like they make the decision that they're gonna go into the witness protection, and he points the finger to save his life uh, at uh, Jimmy and uh, Polly, and he mm-hmm. like he becomes the <laughs> the biggest rat in all of mob history. So on uh, Henry Hill, so after he was in witness protection, he didn't give up selling drugs. He actually got caught again in 1987 <laughs> while under witness protection in Seattle. Um, after that whole like drug dealing thing in 1987, witness protection was like, all right, fuck you. You're not in under witness protection anymore because you're still selling drugs. Yeah. And, you know, and then it all came out and then they wanted to do that movie. And uh, that's when uh, Martin Scorsese, you know, told uh, the author of the book that he wanted to do it, and they actually got the real Henry Hill to help out with the movie too. Yeah, they actually, I think, they kept um, Ray Liotta and him away from each other because they mm-hmm. didn't want him to like they didn't want the stories that uh, the real Henry was would tell yeah. to influence what they have done for the movie. Yeah. So one of the things that Nicholas uh, Pelleggi had said was he's like, well, you're, he's like, one of the things you got to remember when you're writing a script for a movie is that 
the book was a book. Mm-hmm. The movie's a movie. Yeah. They're completely separate entities, and you have to consider like the, like you can't mix the two because some of the things that came out in the movie were like fa- like fabrications or improv and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't exact things. Like the Tommy, do I look like a clown to you? Yeah. Am I a clown to you? That was a story from Pesci. Pesci waited tables at a place where the mobsters would come in, and 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 he had told a story like somebody, one of them, he's like. Like he was like the guy was like looking at him and he's like mm-hmm. he's like you're you know you're you're funny and he's like he's like funny how funny like they like did that to him and he was like oh shit he, like he, and so Scorsese heard that he's like oh we got to put that in mm-hmm. we got to do this we got to put this in the movie and he's like he believed that story that Pesci told because he was like the way he told it and the fear that he looked like yeah he's it was real it was a real story that happened to him so it was great like it was it was great so. The, the the witness protection stuff we end the movie with ray liotta's character talking to the camera and mm-hmm. finishing his story um in witness protection and they they fill the sc- the screen with the rest of the yeah, uh, the information uh, on on henry and i think the last thing that he said in the movie was it was like one day i ordered spaghetti and they gave me egg noodles and ketchup yep and now i live the rest of my days as a schnook <laughs> yeah yep it's and it's a it's a it's a solid like just a solid representation of like like he went from what he thought was completely just like the top of the world yeah. to now he turned his back on all of his friends Everything and like he, he just to survive mm-hmm. and you know like he, he's alive but he's not as alive as he was before yeah. so like that's that's probably why the dude went back to selling drugs right? yeah so so yeah and i think there's always like an inherent like that guy wanted to be an, an asshole so he was an asshole yeah no matter what but at the end of that, would do you Chandler? Do you have? Any- did we miss anything that you that you wanted to talk about? Did no. you loved and? No, you guys are. You guys did perfect. I'm not trying to. No, push us as much as you need to. We're close to what the same time as last week. So. Yeah, I mean, no, we're. You guys did great. You guys obviously know more about this movie than me. I was letting you take it and run with it. So, um, no, I really enjoyed the movie. I liked it. I can see why anytime you mention mafia movies, this is probably one of the first ones people are going to say. Um, would I watch it again? Absolutely. Um, but like I said, I still have my personal favorites. Um, but it was good. You guys are probably going to hate my rating for the scoreboard. Let's but, hear it. But Let's... your guys' average will probably carry it over anyway. No, so if I was going to rate it for myself... <laughs> Let me just say it. My God. Since I'll be the one doing the math here. I'm going to rate this one at, for me, please don't shoot me. Like Joe Pesci did to everybody in this movie. I'm putting it at 6.5. Oh, that's criminal. What? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. What did you give Predator? I gave Predator a 6.5. Oh, wait. Oh. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it was like is it you guys both like you give it a six point two and a six point five. Six point five, yeah. I can't remember. He gave it. I, he gave this a higher score than Predator, though. I, think. I don't think I did. Ah, uh, beg the differ, but go, <laughs> go ahead. I'm being nice. Yeah, go because for, I, I feel nice. like Amer- I feel like America would shoot me if I didn't give it at least a six point five. Six point five. I mean, will you relax? All right. <laughs> Listen, he's gonna hit you with his rifle. I mean, gun. I mean, with, gun. Yeah, Tommy's with, gonna choke. I mean, Jimmy's gonna choke you. These people are gonna listen to this episode and not know 
any of these names. Well, I'm assuming everybody's. A lot of people have seen this movie. Well, I hope that they have watched it's been out the movie. Since the 90s, so I know. I, mean, I, I would hope that they would watch a lot the movie of names. A lot of names. A lot of bouncing back and forth. But I think we did a pretty good summary of it for sure. I think. Um, I think going forward in the future, I want to try to maybe instead of walking through the entirety of the movie. Maybe we just pick out some good, like yeah. pick out some really yeah. good scenes. Really, we're good still learning. Yeah. We're trying to get organized. We're, you know, we're. It seems like our timings around two hours. We might shorten it a little bit. I, I, I really want to because I feel like it's it's. I, I don't run it up on like the the same time as the damn movie. You know, like, and we're talking about exactly what happened in the movie. Yeah. So, right. like, I feel like we are adding some things. Like, we're giving information on stuff that you probably wouldn't have known. But at the same time, it is a long. That being said, I give it an eight. Eight point oh. 8.0. Solid 8. Mm. Mason. You might recognize that as the same score as I gave The Predator. <laughs> yep. I'm going to give this movie a 9. A solid 9. Mm. The cinematography, the acting, That's what you the said music. with The Predator. But okay. What? I'm just saying, the acting uh, in Predator wasn't bad. But whatever, I mean, this was whatever better. Whatever you want. The whatever soundtrack. You, okay. Just, the soundtrack in this one, you, you even said it. Oh, just kiss. It's That's the reason I got six point five. It's because of the soundtrack. What would it have got if it wasn't the soundtrack? Six. <laughs> the disdain between these two brothers. I'm is... sorry. Oh man. That being said, yeah. With all of our scores, absolutely. We have Goodfellas at seven point eight. Oh, thank God. So right now, out of two, it's at the top of the board. <laughs> So enjoy it while you got it, bud, because we're going to be doing some movies that are going to kick its ass. I promise you. Wow, that is some, like there were people like I watched documentaries on like directors that talked about this movie. Like I would watch like the guy that made the Shawshank Redemption directed mm-hmm. the Shawshank Redemption said he watched it every Sunday before he went back to filming because he it put him in such a good mindset as a director because it was so well done. And yeah. you're saying Gavin, Gavin, was, <laughs> Gavin was begging me to join us on this episode because he's watched this movie. I don't know how many times he actually did well, tell mean, me a lot. Of we we could have brought him in and, instead of you and you because uh, you just sat <laughs> he there. He would have been way more helpful <laughs> than me. More things to My say. No, it's God. okay. It's the first time you've seen the movie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, I mean, pick something that I haven't seen. So Mason, because it's your pick. It, it is Mason's pick. turn for next week. You have. You have an open floor. Any category. So the movie any that, genre you pick. So the movie that I picked was called Place Beyond the Pines. And it's a crime drama movie. So we haven't done a crime. Or I mean, we have done a crime. We haven't done a drama movie we yet. We just talked about crime for like two and a half hours. But okay. Well, it hasn't been two and a half hours. Calm down. I know. It's been so it's, it's a drama movie. Yeah. And I feel like if I explain it, I'm just going to ruin it. Well, don't do it. Because I, I haven't seen it. I know. But it's a, it, it, it's 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 really good. Am I gonna cry? Uh, you might. I did. Shit. Because I'm actually Ryan Gosling, so I mean, I'm screwed. Yeah, I'm Ryan him. Gosling and Lars and the new girl. All right. Or sorry, Lars and the real girl. <laughs> sorry, not new girl. Well, that is it for next week. And then, like we said, um, we'll do Mason's pick next week. And then after that, we're pulling something out of a hat. Yeah, we'll throw it on a spinny wheel and figure out which one uh, gets it's up there so if you have suggestions please absolutely please do that also rate subscribe listen and tell a friend please would help us please much appreciated thank you so on that note we are gonna sign off here and appreciate everybody's love and support and we'll talk to you next time
Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Peace.